One, and we're live. You're tuning into the Cosmic Dream Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin. And today I have a fascinating individual in the studio with me. I find it difficult to, to come up with any sort of introduction for this particular individual because I've known him for quite a bit. So I'll leave the legwork of the introductions to this individual. Jonas, could you please introduce yourself to those who might not have heard of you or might not know who you are? All right. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Jonas, like Kevin said. Uh, I understand your difficulty in introducing me because I think it's difficult for me to do that myself as yep. well. But I think uh, what I would like to define myself would be I'm a I'm a dancer, hip hop dancer. Uh, I'm passionate about hip hop dance, and so a lot of the things in my life, after the things that I've gone through, this is something that I choose to hold on to for as long as I can in my life because uh, there was once in my life where I kind of had to drop it because of injuries and stuff and you know work and all that kind of stuff that when you got to a point where I had the realization actually what do I really enjoy and what I want to do till I die you know that's when you kind of realize what you want to be doing and who you are and dancing is definitely number one for me yeah yeah so that's what I would like to define myself yep. as, what I do for a living, uh, I'm uh, working on becoming a Forex trader. Gotcha. That's for monetary aspects, but also the freedom that it allows me to work on what I love. Yeah. 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 So I kind of noticed like a short pause when you mentioned uh, hip hop and hip hop dance. So I have two tangents that I can take this conversation. First of which is um, the term dancer as, 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 as a definition, did it, uh, did it mean anything to you before you self-describe yourself as that? Because like, let's say for an artist, like the term is usually very loaded with a lot of different things and people might shun away from it. But for a dancer, for, for yourself personally, did it, uh, did you, did you always describe yourself as a dancer even when you started or did it take some time for you to get comfortable with that? Mm. <clears throat> sorry. That was a fucking weird noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, Mike, is that a bit too clear? So, um, with regards to that question, I think because when it comes to the term dancer, people are like, okay, do you do it for a living? Mm. You know, do you dance for like a company? Yeah. Do you dance for an artist? You know, do you teach dance and all that kind of things? Uh, before, like I said just now, my injuries and when I got caught up with different kinds of work, I used to be a dance instructor back then. Yeah. Uh, I used to be very heavily involved with uh, organizing dance events. Uh, so I used to teach, I used to judge, organize events. So basically work related wise, I was doing a lot of activities related to dance, but now I'm just a guy that dance as and when I want, yeah. as and when I can, which is what I strive to do. So it's like, it's different from how people might define a dancer because they're like okay so you are not you're yep. not doing any of those things before yep. why do you call yourself a dancer mm. but i'm like so you know it's like you know if you read those like ancient novels and stuff you know there are people who are those like secluded uh guys in the mountain just practicing their swordsmanship yep. and stuff like that yep. you know they'll call themselves swordsmen or something yep. like that but they may not go out and you know they might not have disciples they mm. might not go out and like prove how good they are they just do what they do yep and I think that's how I would like to define myself. Has this definition of being a dancer or doing dance, uh, has it always 
been at the forefront of your mind or did you pick it up along the way in, in your journey? Because it seems like a very uh, less focused on titles, but more focused on the process and the craft, which is which is amazing. So I'm just curious to know, is it something you picked up along the way or was it always evident to you? Um, It got clearer probably in the past few years uh, because when I was younger, okay, a little bit background, I studied accounting and finance. Fantastic. So I used to be like, uh, you know, those nerdy kind of guy just always studying those bookworms, you know? Yeah. Um, but dance was the first thing that kind of gave me the confidence in expressing myself, uh, give me the confidence to like myself in the first place. So when I was younger, probably it was the thing that, you know, when you're younger, you didn't really know that was the thing that kind of just made me feel cooler, mm, yeah. felt happier. And, you know, when you're younger, things like getting appreciated by other people was something very important. So that was kind of like the thing that I was getting attention yep. around from. And I was like, okay, I like this. And as I continued my journey, it just kind of like, it was very unconscious progression as a dancer. But when it comes to more recent, why I'll call myself that is when, uh, because my injury was a thing that kind of like stopped me from dancing professionally mm. and work and all those. But throughout all these years that I kind of like shunned away from uh, professional dancing, I still found time to dance as and when I could. Uh, and when it comes to hip hop dance, one very key portion was the hip hop parties because that's where the hip hop okay. dance came to be. It's not about clubbing kind of partying, but like hip hop partying where, you know, there's hip hop music, mm. there's connection with people. We are not just there to drink, but there's like connection with people through the dance itself with the music. Mm. So that was something that I was still finding time to go for. Yeah despite not being professionally dancing. And yep. when it kind of got to the point where, you know, especially COVID hit, everybody had to stay at home, stay with yourself. Yep. And, you know, everybody was trying to find things to keep them sane. And dance was kind of like the thing that really stood up as the number one thing that I was like, okay, because you only have yourself. So a lot of conversations with yourself, you, you could be trying to play games online, you know, you could be playing PlayStation, you could be doing all sorts of things. But, after doing all sorts of different things, I was like, this is not making me feel alive. Mm. But dance was the thing that eventually I was like, okay, you know, it sparks joy in me. It sparks progress in me. It makes me want to keep my body healthier, you know, it makes me want to work harder for my career so I can do more of this. So everything just like absorbs towards becoming better just from wanting to continue dancing. And I was like, hey, this is what I feel from within as what I really want to do. Yeah. So that's why I think dancing in the past and now it was very unconscious in the past but now it's uh it, it came out from the subconscious and i'm choosing to do it consciously now how did you learn to recognize that uh that was no longer serving you that the fact of uh that you mentioned before that it used to be uh a sum of external validation but right now you're doing it more of like more conscious and more intentionally how 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 did you learn to figure that out i guess um when you used to be someone who like was judging and teaching from a position like that, organizing events yep. where you kind of are put in a position where people will automatically give you some form of validation and recognition based on the position because mm. as the judge, you are the, in a sense, the most important person in the room because you are choosing the champion of the, That's of the competition. Yep. The organizer, you are the one who actually put this whole event yep. together. Yep. You, The judges are your friends, you know, 
everybody thanks you at the end of the event. So you are always put at that position as a teacher, you know, people come to you, thank you for teaching. You're held me. in regards, basically. Yeah. So yeah. from external validation point of view, there's always this level externally. And when my injury came in, all these things kind of came crashing down. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of people probably at that point of time would stop doing this. That's fair. Yeah. Because that's, it, it's like from a high, you drop to a low. Yep. And especially after that, when I got injured, uh, physically, I could not perform to the level I was in the past. And I go back to competitions from being a judge. Now you're just a guy that may not even pass auditions because mm. you are not as, you don't practice as consistently for a period of time. You, technically, you will deprove. Yep. So you can see and feel externally the treatment towards you drops. Yep. But as this come in and I'm still like, I still want to do it. No, it's not about, okay, now I want to fight back to that position again, but I just enjoy doing this. And I was like, okay, so what you guys think of me and what you guys feed me are no yep. longer things that, I would not say completely doesn't matter because I'm still human, mm. but it does not affect how much I still enjoy doing this, even if it's like dancing in my room by myself yeah. and all that kind of things. So I was like, okay, so it's more internal now. Yeah. I think you mentioned earlier on that it it became, I think, a source of motivation because you can see the progress. But would it be safe for me to assume that the flip side of it is true as well? It's frustrating at times. It's not always as positive as, as you mentioned. Yeah, because you now you have an injury and you recover from it. Could you always have to be conscious of the injury? You can't perhaps exert uh to the level that you want to. And it's always that that internal resistance that's always grinding against, I guess, your own ambitions. So is it safe to assume that it could be frustrating as well? Uh definitely. Uh but why I think another reason why dance, uh something that I hold so dearly to myself, it helps me to balance out because uh i don't know if you believe in like uh virgos being like perfectionists and all that kind of things and a little bit more critical detail oriented you know and when things kind of don't go your way you become additionally self-critical so so you believe virgos are perfectionists and what again completionists perfectionists you know very details oriented detail oriented very um they get very critical when things don't go in their way yeah you know so it's not something that it, it came to, I came to realize it a bit more as I came to meet more people and all that kind of things and start to realize that people that born around the same timing as me have these similar traits. <laughs> you know, and I was like, okay, maybe, I don't know, is it a societal kind of, like everybody read what Virgos do and we just self-program ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Like that. I don't know about that, but. Yeah. That, uh, does it ring true for yourself? Yes, it does. So dance is something that, um, helps me to balance it out uh, mm. because being a teacher before yeah. I, I kind of possess what is the kind of like the top process to teach someone from zero to a certain level. Yep. So when I apply this to myself, I have to be patient. You know, I have to, okay, now where are you? Mm. And I have to like, you cannot be like, okay, I used to be there. And now I need to get back ASAP. Yep. You know, so it's something that teaches me to be patient with myself as well. So it makes me not be overly perfectionist, you know, in a way, because I'm like, okay, I'm per- I'll, I'll apply that where it's needed when it comes to how do I practice, you know, the process of practicing. Yep. So I, it helps me to convert being perfectionist in getting the results 
from that to the process. Yep. So I'm constantly fine-tuning how can I work on myself better and it's very enjoyable. You know, sometimes people are like, okay, you're going to tweak things, tweak things, tweak things. Yeah, it just yeah. gets very frustrating but the mm. more I tweak, the more excited I get. Does for- it feel like you're going against your own nature? Like you constantly have to remind... So when I say nature because what I mean that like you constantly have to remind yourself to let things go a little bit to not have things always be how you want it. So it's like a second order thought that you constantly have to remind yourself. Yeah. Yes, for sure because... uh. It, it's it's a I realize it's a repeating pattern like um COVID what happened was uh, I wanted to you know everybody start to get a little bit like okay let's exercise at home mm. I, I kind of like designed some home exercises for myself and yeah. then I kind of like injured my hamstring because I was like pushing myself a little bit too much then I rest and then like uh, recently I went for a dry needling session for mm. my my injuries to release the muscles tightness around my lower body so I was like okay let's work on my upper body and because I removed the lower body portion I kind of like bring the upper body exercise up a notch and I in, I, I kind of like injured my left shoulder a little bit I was like ah, it's not a heavy injury but it's just uh, your body telling you you see you got to like not be so you know the perfectionist kicks in again, like okay mm. you must finish this you must finish yep, this yep. you know so this is something that I realized my nature to a certain extent harms me. How this harms me. Yeah. So kind of like, I'm like, okay, if you want to dance, you cannot injure yourself. Yeah. So you got to, but at the same time, you got to keep yourself mobile. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it kind of like, if you want to dance, then you make sure you don't do this too much. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, you still got to do it. You know? yeah. So it helps me, I think it helps me bring myself towards a little bit more balance versus my nature of just like okay everything you got to like complete it 100% and stuff like that so it helps me in a sense against my nature but I think it serves me as a balance so it's more helpful to me in that sense gotcha so what I'm curious to know um how how do you view your progress in dance do you view it linearly or after some time you realize like the the linear journey doesn't really make sense it's more of enjoying the, the, the process that there, there is actually no final destination because why I ask that is because a lot of times um you are brought up to to feel you're brought up to think that oh there is a, a a light at the end of the tunnel you work towards that but what I feel uh, with regards to a lot of creative endeavors is like there is no light you're constantly in the tunnel you are trying to dig various paths and the sooner you realize that I think it's better so I'm curious to know for throughout your entire dance journey, have you viewed things linearly before? Like, oh, I want I need to get to that position to to teach this amount of people, or at at a certain point after your injury, you reflect and you realize, okay, I will just enjoy the act of dancing, the the the, the movement my my body allows myself to do to express. So I'm curious to know your 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 thoughts on that. You were right in the point that when I was younger, definitely viewing it linearly was uh part of my thought process because you get to see things like um, people of your own uh, generation of dancers when they start winning competitions they start getting judging gigs and then people start inviting them to schools to conduct pop-up workshops and eventually they start becoming teachers of their own you know so in a sense in that kind of like way you got to win first before people give you that kind of like 
acknowledgement. Okay, now I think you're good enough to choose the champion for mm. the next event. You are good enough to teach people how to win competitions, yep. which it's fair. At the same time, I feel like uh, it also could be semi-rigged to a certain extent, <laughs> but let's not go to that that, that point. Sure. Uh, but definitely there was something. I think a lot of young dancers uh, have this thought. It's, it's a very normal thing, especially when we talk to younger dancers and then they're like, okay, I don't go through auditions. They, they, they base their progress based on how far they go in competitions. Mm. You know, like, okay, I don't go past auditions. I'm not good. That could be beneficial to a certain degree, but yes. it could be a lot more detrimental in the long run. Definitely because it creates a form of like... Of comparison? Comparison where this art form is not originally meant for that. Mm. It was meant as a form of enjoyment, expression, away from a lot of the suffering that, you know, mm. that, that people are facing in other aspects of their life. Yep. Not something to use to get fame yeah. or money mm. or power. You know, it was never originally for things like that. But as with, you know, society, when money comes in, you know, and all the, it, things just get commercialized and, and achievements, all these things start to kick in. But at the same time, it pushes people to become better because you, you, yes, there are comparisons, but you, that also is something that triggers a lot of competitiveness, which actually pushes people to go further. Mm. But you will have to compromise a little bit on your expression aspect, which is a thing that it's common in this industry where do I do something to win mm. or do I go down on my path? non-stop even if it means i don't know when i will win because i'm not dancing like everyone else mm. but then again why are you choosing to dance like everyone else you know yeah. are you choosing to dance like everyone else so you can win so you can judge yep. so you can teach so yep. people can say you're good or are you going down a path that okay i like this because end of the day this is creative this is art you know this is not science yep you know but the competitions kind of do that to people interesting so yeah. it 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 feels like to me when when I hear you saying that it feels like it it has this mold of what it means to be a quote unquote a good dancer yes and if you fit that mold you might win but winning in that particular sense it seems very facade level it might not be very fulfilling or it might not be very satisfactory in a sense am, am I right to to understand that like that mm, depends on what skill you are looking at because mm. um. There are often times where people win competitions in certain areas and think that, you know, this is giving them what they want. Yeah. And as long as you don't look out into other places of the world and yep. stuff like that, they don't realize that actually maybe they are, because, you know, they got there maybe with the whole competitive, competitive mindset and stuff like that. So, okay, I'm the best in my, in my region. Yep. You know, but when you look out, Maybe you you, you mm. can't even pass auditions overseas. Yep. And so you feel good here. You know? So depends on I think different people's view on the world, I guess. Sure. And what they want. Because yep. some people, for example, they just want to make a name for themselves here. Yep. So they can teach here. Yep. So they don't really care if they can't do well overseas. Yeah. Because I'm really good enough here. And they you mentioned they don't care. Yeah. They only care about locally in Singapore. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so it's 
how they want how they view this whole dance thing in the first place yep. like there are people who could struggle to go far in singapore competitions and they can go overseas and go to like top four that's interesting okay you know yeah and then they come back to singapore and they're like i still don't go past auditions mm-hmm. here you know so it's end of the day when you realize that because being a judge before myself you will realize that actually every judge to get to that point to a certain extent you need your own view on dance yep. which means everybody kind of have their own view mm. so unless you can please everyone you are not going to always be winning yep. in one region and of course that's where certain politics come in where you know judges may choose or okay let's not say politics let's say if you're always within this region that's all you know mm. yeah so that depends on whether the leaders of each place actually still take classes from people who they think are better than them outside and then they broaden their perspective gotcha gotcha because when i remember when we used to do in i think the first event i organized with my my team uh, maybe in 2010 yeah uh that's when we first brought down uh a dancer that from it's from the first generation of dancers that used to dance with Michael Jackson and all the that first stuff. generation of dancers. Yes. That is a first very hip, big claim. Yeah, hip, hip, wow. hip hop dancers. Hip-hop gotcha, dancers. gotcha. As they claim, like you know, like yeah. I I don't belong in the era because I was born in the time where they 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 started making their name. You know, yep. so but when he came down, the whole judging of the event was so different from how events were judged in Singapore before he came down, and a lot of people were confused mm. because their teachers. They are, you know, all these people that people they look up to may not go as far as maybe some junior dancers based on Singapore context. Yep. And the the people are confused. Yep. Because the criteria is different. Yep. Yep. So So the meta game is different, uh, because you play games, right? And yes. If you play yes, games yes. long enough, you develop like a meta game. It's like yes. uh the game tells you to do this, but because we are humans playing the game, we develop like a layer on top. It sounds as though that when this outsider came into the bubble of the, the, the Singapore dancing back then, it kind of broke the meta game because yes. he's bringing his, uh, his thinking and his views from wherever he came from to Singapore. Yes. And he brought that in and it just, uh, threw everybody off. Yes. Yeah. For a loop. Yeah. And then after that, you know, that guy came from New York. Yeah. And then another group of people started bringing down people from, from France. Mm. And then, you know, people in France have a very different view. Not completely different, but you no know, French people are very strong. Um, how do I say it without sounding? <laughs> um, you know, they they are very strong-minded people. Strong-minded, okay. Strong-minded people. Gotcha. So there's a and then they have their own culture as well. To be fair to them, you know, they have their own hip hop oh, culture. Definitely. Yeah. So that resulted in them. Their music is different. So because of that, they dance different. Yeah. Of course, they took a lot of foundations from the their seniors in New York yep. who are the pioneers yep. and all those. Yep. But they developed their own things. Yep. When they came down, they passed down a different line of dancing. Yep. And then you start to see the scene start to change and change mm. based on who comes down to Singapore. Yep. But in the past few years where uh, COVID and all these things, less people came and you see Singaporeans just dance like Singaporeans for a period of time until now you start to see overseas people coming in again yep so i think that's something to something to note when it comes to how linear and all these kind of things are when actually it's not that linear gotcha yeah so it's interesting you touch on that point because you you mentioned another point before about 
uh, when when judges judge a competent, there can be some form of rigging. I do not want to go into the details, but it 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 it, it brings up an interesting question: which is there any object objectivity when one judges a dance? Because it seems to be uh, skewed heavily into how the judge views dance. A eh? Uh, on uh, maybe on a theoretical level and on a practical level, and unfortunately, based on that uh, variable, there will be biases. Yes. So, how how does one judge it objectively? Is there any objective measure like, oh, this is a good dancer, this is not a good dancer, and these are the points, or is it mostly just based on uh who is judging, uh what is their history of judging, and they will tend to to favor a certain style of dance? Yeah. You are right. Yeah. It's like that because okay. um to be completely fair, let's not, you know, be let's not say bad things as much as we can. Yeah. <laughs> but let's let's say if I were a judge, mm. okay. Um definitely because at, at that point of time when I was judging and I was teaching, I have my syllabus. Mm. You know, so I have what I would like in a sense, in a build from beginner all the way to advanced level of classes, you 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 gauge what is beginner level stuff you gauge what is advanced level stuff. Yep. And that could be completely different from another judge. Yep. Because maybe different people gauge different things at different level. And they teach differently as well. So yeah. importance of different things are different. Yeah. Completely different. So when I judge things that I value might not be what the other judge values. Yep. yep. And this is the reason why competitions should always have more than one judge. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. So yep. yes, of course you might still have like two judges thinking one way and third judge thinking one way, but at least it's more fair than one judge because mm. if you're only having one judge, then you practically have to dance how the, the judge yep. thinks a good dancer is. Yep. Which some people might not accept it. Some people will specifically go for judges that they know dance the way, likes the way they dance. Interesting. So end of the day like I said before it depends on how you want to progress in this dance thing yeah. what this dance thing means to you yeah like for myself just now I remember you asked about linear and and, and how do I view it now um, going back to that point for me now um, same thing I'm a human so definitely there are portions of me that okay I can't be like oh now I'm just all enjoying and then I, I don't give two shits about how well I do at a competition because mm. Uh, when talking about honestly expressing self, I think being honest with myself, I would want to do well too. Yep. You know, but the reason is different now. It's no longer something that I want to go there to get recognition and validation from people. But it's a, uh, it's more of a. Now for me, it's okay. It's it's more like because I like to. I, I'm still a bookworm nerdish kind of guy, accounting finance Yo, systematic. <laughs> structured kind of guy <laughs> so when i come i teach myself i have like a full clear so to me it's like how well i put my own system out onto the competition mm -hmm. and i gauge that on how well i perform in, in I, I do not just base that because i understand sometimes i could meet an opponent that maybe the judges favor a bit more yep so be it, I will lose. Yep. You know, sometimes I don't feel on form that day, you mm. know, because there's so many things. This is not like, like we are going there to perform maths questions, you know, where yep. everybody knows the answer, you know, 
or you know or you don't. You yep. know? It's it, the music comes out, you can feel different that day you have scored like been scolded by somebody you yep. love and then you feel bad, you know, yep. and the other person maybe has been doing well in different aspects of their life. You come here today, okay, I feel yep. good, I love myself, I'm confident, and the energy comes out different. Mm. So all there are so many elements that can affect how you perform in a competition yep. that you cannot just let the result tell you how good you are. Yep. But at the same time, because I was off the I was at the judging panel before, I kinda can gauge, I can just use the same, I can use that experience as a judge and as a teacher in the past to like look at myself. I'm like, okay, now what you do, you are not gonna go past top 16, top eight. Mm. Top eight may be your max, depending on your opponents, you know, yep. if you have good matchups and stuff, if you have bad matchups, you face somebody that is of the champion quality you're out maybe in top 16. Maybe yep. you meet him in a top 32, you are out, you know? But so I know that as a gauge for myself on how do I work towards it rather than... So that's my that's my way of doing progress, mm. you know? Of course, at the same time, I take this with a lot of enjoyment. So I build on my dance and with... Because at the end of the day, you still kind of need some kind of like thing pushing you forward. But it should not be something that is, I think, damaging to yourself. So to myself, I was like, okay, if now I'm like that, so I work, I work more on myself. I'm going to continue working on myself with fun, with like the looking at my progress from my own system. Yep. And then I'll go to the competitions to test myself. Mm. So it's, I go there to test myself, not yep. to go there to like prove myself. It's a yep. very different thing. Yep. Yeah. So that's how I view things now versus how I view things in yep. the past. Yeah. It's interesting you brought up the math comparison because math is something uh, especially with exams, there yep. is an answer. And the keyword is answer. Yes. But for a creative pursuit, there might not be an answer. There is no one definitive answer where everybody can agree on, oh, that is the way yes. to do it. You can do it this way, you can do it that way. And in terms, in the structure and the framework of competition, um, it could be a variety of factors. There are a lot of variables, as you mentioned. Uh, you mentioned all the tangible ones, which is like the music, uh, the, the, the form, the techniques and everything. You mentioned more of the intangible ones as well. How you feel because ultimately it is, it is an expression. It's not just a set of moves. Yes. Yeah. So it's interesting you brought up that comparison because you are, that is, that comparison is very clear because something as structured as math comparatively to like a, a creative form, which is a toss up really. Yep. Yeah. So my question is, um, what are the attributes or what values uh, do you ascribe to a dancer that you look up to or slash a good dancer? I don't know if you will categorize it as that. What 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 are these things you ascribe to? It? Uh, dancers that I look up to and dancers that I deem good are actually two. I would I, I actually separate them. Okay. Because Why is that? Uh, it reached to a point where I kind of realized that just because I don't l personally prefer the way you dance mm. does not mean you're not a good dancer. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Where I think it's very some sometimes people don't do that mm. because it's it's kind of like if you are not doing what I believe in, it's kind of like invalidating what I talk about. But for me, I'm I I don't believe in that because you can only improve this much if you only think what you know is correct. That's fair. Okay. 
That's an interesting way of looking at things. Yeah. yeah. But what I, the dancers that I look up to are yeah. dancers that uh, probably I, I can actually put them into my system. I'm like, you are performing my system to a very high level. Mm. But dancers that I think are good can perform that in a way that I don't prefer, but they are still performing to a high level. Yeah. Because uh, how I like to break uh, things down as a dancer, for example, certain things you kind of like can't escape, like timing. <laughs> you know, you, 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 that, 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 that part is kind of like math. Yeah. You know, like you can't be like, okay, I'm dancing, but you are off the timing. Yep. And then you're like, nah, everybody is different. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, sure. I, have a, I have a baby nephew. Okay, when he was, like when he first could stand up and move, and when I play music, even he like nods his head on beat. Yeah. You know, and that's something that's not taught. Maybe he's experiencing a layer of the music that nobody can hear. <laughs> no, but to me that that normally comes up. I, I realize the cause of people dancing off timing mm-hmm. because I started off as a dancer that completely was, was off timing. My dad my teacher, my first teacher and a teacher that I still look up to today is somebody that preaches a lot on this thing called timing. And when I first learned from him, he was just like, I don't care what you can do because I was kind of like a little bit acrobatic in the past because I had Ushu background. Okay. So physically, I was like, okay, I, I can move a little bit more. Yeah. But he was like, yeah, you can do all these things, but you are not even on beat. And I was like, what do you mean I'm not on beat? You know, I kind of get offended. Yeah, yeah. Because like that to you is basic number one. And mm. it's just like, yeah, basic number one. And you can't <laughs> get it right. I was like, mm. <laughs> But looking back at it, I realized what caused it was there was more focus on what I was doing rather than what I was listening. And there is a difference. There is a difference. It's about wanting to complete a move Mm. rather than moving with the music. So yes, I am still listening to the music, but when I want to do this move, my focus is on completing the move in a way that I want to. And I, in that, because focus is limited. Yep. And when your focus is on this, you kind of like neglect moving to the music a little bit. You want to like use more strength. You want to show more of it that Mm-mm. you might rush it. Yep. And you don't realize it because to you, it's sometimes being off timing is just a fraction of a second. Are these conscious decisions or like micro decisions like you have to make for your... I think it's about building muscle memory. Okay. Yeah, and this is really fractional second because you know there was a period of time like Instagram. I I don't know if it still happens now, but when dancers upload videos on Instagram, you just become off sync. Like, and then I used to have I I used to edit some videos for the events that we used to do, so yep. I have a video editing software. Yep. And when I posted my video on Instagram, I was like, and I watched the original video, I was like, the timing is off. Mm. Let's see the difference. I actually took the video went to a video editing software. I made my movement slower by the music to the music by I think like 0.02 seconds. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. To 0.03 seconds or so. Yep. And then I uploaded it and my movement was on sync. And I was mm. like, that's how micro yep. of a second it is. Yep. But those who are sensitive to it will realize. But those that don't, they don't think, they don't realize that. But it's a very big difference when you realize that you are when you're on and you're off. It it feels different. You may not need to know it, but when somebody's on and somebody's off, you just feel different because yep. you are feeling one with the music rather than slightly off. 
So, uh, what was our question again? What, how did I get to this point? Uh, your difference and how you categorize like a good dancer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So things like timing is, yeah, it's kind of like dead. Mm. Um, few things I will categorize. Uh, one thing I value a lot is how much I see this person expressing himself. So what does that mean to you? Because I, I do see a lot of dancers, uh, now that there's a lot more information on social media, you know, people are offering online classes during the COVID period. You see a lot of people start to, in terms of technicality, strengthen themselves so much. And, you know, with a lot of fitness now, a lot of calisthenics, you know, like <laughs> movement kind of exercise. Everybody physically is getting stronger too. Yep. So you start to see movement that you don't see 10 years ago. 10 years ago, only maybe the top few dancers are moving like that. But now... A lot of dancers physically are moving in a way that's superior to how we used to be moving. So the bar is a lot higher now in that Technicality. Sense. Yeah. But you don't see a lot of individuality in that. Mm, interesting. So if you were to be like, if we use um, singing as an example, you can practice all the, you, you can go high range, low range, you know, technically you are great. Yeah. But some certain dancers when they, or singers, when they sing, you just like, wow, this person is like, You've, you can connect with the person. It's not about being impressed by the voice. Mm, mm, mm. So this is something that I, I actually like feel that a lot of dancers kind of don't do that. Okay. You know, they don't bring out who they are. Mm. And it's difficult. It's difficult because I think especially with nowadays, especially in Singapore, let's not talk about overseas, where a lot of self is being suppressed in Singapore because you need to be this way you need to be this way you mm. need to be this way how Singapore education system kind of put you so a lot of people kind of don't dare to be themselves completely so they will rely on what is correct which makes them do fancy mm. difficult movements but I don't see you sure. so this is something that's very intangible but this is something that I, I value number one. And secondly, uh, I watched this video recently, which was quite interesting because I'm sure you heard of the word groove. You know, a lot of people thought, oh, this person got the groove, that person got the groove. But you know, I was just, I, I actually was sitting there at home once and I was just like, what is groove? Sure. You know, because even as a dancer who like, have been dancing for so long, you know, like, I was like, okay, let's really think about it. What is this word groove? It's like a terminology that gets thrown around. Yes. But there's no one set definition of, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like something very intangible too. It's like words like groove, soul, yep. feel. Yep. You know, it's it could be a category on one day. It could be the way you dance on another. It could be the way you look on another. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I actually watched the video and I was very inspired by it. And because it was a video of a pianist, mm. a guy using a piano to like, okay, let me explain to you what groove is. I was like, I'm not going to hear any snare. I'm not going to hear any yep. drums. I'm not going to hear any beats. This guy is playing the piano. like, And he's one talk about groove. Because my understanding of groove previously is like how you like with the rhythm and it's stuff movement. like that. Yeah. So it's like rhythmic kind of thing. So rhythm, you know, and normally there's a poops, cuts, poops, cuts. Yep. How yep. you do move with that. And I was like, this guy is using a piano to talk about groove. Okay, let's listen to it. And the guy actually plays... Uh, like songs that uh, we are very familiar with, you know, very famous Mozart songs, Beethoven songs. And so we are familiar with how they sound like. And he's like, okay, I'm playing this without groove. I'm like, 
okay, only your fingers are moving. So it's very interesting because like his only his fingers yeah, are moving. Yeah. And I'm like, you're pressing the same key. So how different can this be? Yep. When he pressed the first one and the second one, he was like, that like it was very surprising because it got me to move with the music the second time he played it. But he was pressing the exact same thing. But it was just probably like how hard he was pressing it and like, you know, the difference and stuff like that. But it created his like so when you link all these things together, every single note in different strengths and kind of like, like that's how I took it because I, I'm not musically trained. Mm. But to me, when I watch it and I, f- from the music, how it hits me is from the music, there's something that makes you kind of like move with it. And I was like, actually that is true. Uh. There are a lot of times where I can watch good technical dancers and I, do- I don't naturally move with them. I might clap. Mm. I'm like, that's difficult. I yep. give you acknowledgement for pulling that off yep. or hitting that that beat in that way yep. but not every dancers make you kind of just automatically move watching this person dance yep. and i was like wow i got to learn this thing from a pianist but it's interesting because it feels as though everybody has their own internal thesis as to what dance is and like you mentioned like to maybe to the individual that is what groove means to him. So what I'm curious to know is, you mentioned you watched this video recently. Mm. Would you have gained this particular insight if you watched this six years ago? Do you think? Hmm. Probably not. Okay. Probably not. Because uh, it's a different state of mind, different state of... Like now I'm like... Like it's one of my enjoyment to like, okay, let's dissect my dance. Mm. And like, see what can I do to improve yep. and like so so I, I can like add new things into yep. my, my my practice yep so in that in that spell I was like okay let's look at this thing called groove and see what I can do with it yep. and six years ago definitely no gotcha yeah definitely no it's it's probably a very different view probably back then if I want to look at the word groove I'm like okay I want to become probably from a teaching teacher point of view like, how do I explain this to a student? Yep. Uh, and Or as a judge, you know, after events, dancers come to you, ask for comments, you yep. know, like, how do you explain this to somebody else? But now it's more like a, sounds like a, it's, it's like reading a book and learning a new piece of knowledge yep. that is applicable for your own life and stuff. So it, I take it very differently. Yep. So you yeah. mentioned about how um, it's about expression expressing who you are. Yeah. So what I'm curious to know, it's your own personal journey on that. Um, do you know what you're expressing when, when you dance now? Is Are you still on that journey? Have you started that journey? How how, how would you uh, put it to words? Yeah. Uh, I think when it comes to expressing myself for me, it's, it's, it's something that uh, I try to do it on a daily basis when it comes to <laughs> even outside of my dance because yep. I feel like the, the reason why probably a lot of people don't do it so comfortably when they dance is because they don't do it naturally. Okay. You know? And um, what does it mean to express yourself to you? To me, uh, it's about being as honestly real to how you how you feel about things. Of course, we without being offensive and rude and harmful to people, you know? Within civil society. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes. But 
to how honest you 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 feel and how you are facing how you feel because you may be feeling horrible but how are you dealing with it you know and it's is is that is that relationship between how you are feeling and how you dealing with how you are feeling it's two different things yeah okay because how you feel to me is a physical thing yeah. because of how you have been brought up you know your programming as a kid and different kind of things that trigger you differently and how you choose to deal with it is your conscious choice now it's like anger management you know yeah. <laughs> anger is the physical aspect and then the management is the conscious aspect sure. you know so expressing yourself that's um and who you are how you dress and and everything like a lot of dancers dress um baggy clothes and baggy pants probably not because they feel like it but because that's how hip hop dancers dress mm, the stereotypical yeah gotcha okay or because it makes your movement look nicer mm. you know because you know you look bigger yep. and everything like yep. i i i'm i'm a little bit of a cheeky hoppy kind of guy you know like like yeah. kind of character you know like i like to be a little bit like a yeah that kind of character. so i the 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 wearing shorts look is kind of like something that i feel very comfortably me Mm-mm-mm. of course it makes my legs movement less clean in that aspect because if anything if my leg shakes it's very obvious yep but if i'm wearing baggy jeans my leg looks solid because it just breaks up the silhouette la, basically yeah. so silhouette's a lot bigger yeah. yeah so you know like a lot of people th- th- that's why you kind of like see a lot of people dress the same mm in competitions probably because their teachers dress like mm, that interesting or their favorite dancer dress like that of course it doesn't mean that i'm not influenced by anybody that i look up to but at the same time like i'm like i don't like you can see if dancers dress away in a competition and they don't dress like that normally mm. i dress the way i compete the same way i dress when i go out yep so like i'm like that's me on a like that's what i mean by on a day-to-day basis expressing myself and in competitions yep so expressing yourself like and i like to be cheeky i like to disturb people you know in a sense i like to like you know like throw stupid <laughs> jokes gremlin, gremlin finger yeah yeah, yeah like, you know, I, I like to like say like <laughs> random sh- stuff out of nowhere to be like like make people go like what the you know like like that's me for people who kind of know me like you know me so yeah probably nowadays i do a bit lesser but you know it's still part of me but how do you showcase this through dance though is it even applicable yeah, I'm. I'm a ve- and and I'm a very. Uh, I I well, like side oh damn. <laughs> yeah, because like to a certain extent, you know, people say uh they don't like to be confrontational. To a certain extent, I like to be confrontational. So most competitions, you see me go up to the person's face. Mm. Like, like it's not a battle strategy. It's just me. Mm. I just like to go in your face. Yep. You know, like so like that aspect is like you know now like go to you then I'll like do certainly I'll look at you out like I'll do I'll make probably I'll probably do your move and mock it and yep. then I like, go in your face and yep. I walk back and I like smile you cheekily yep. like, that's me yep. as a person in so the, that's but it's all uh, acceptable within the the, the, the competition yes. meta game right yes. okay yes. okay yes so yeah. that is me being me yeah uh rather than a, uh, a lot of younger dancers probably like go out there to adopt a certain look yep I'm here to win so I need to look like I need to look calm and cool at the same time. Nobody can touch me. I'm here to win, you know. Like so, it just becomes like like it becomes like a meta look that they are trying to adopt. Yeah, but they don't realize that this comes from 
people who are winning competitions because they have gained that natural, like they they have gone through hundreds of competitions. They mm-hmm. probably won, don't say half, they say one third or one quarter of it. It already give them, depending on the scale of the events they won, yeah. they might have won a world championship and stuff. So when they stand there, it's natural that they look calm. But you don't see the history, you don't see their training, yes. you don't see all the backlog of yes. stuff. Yes, you don't see like they survived through yep. how many practice that, you know, that they injured themselves or yep. whatever and it learns. So that when they stand there, just like, I got, I got this. I know who I am. Mm. I'm here to bring out my life. So there's like a quiet sense of confidence. It's not, it's not arrogance. Yes. It's just a very balanced, calm confidence yes. because of the things you went through or you, yes. the, the things that the individual personally went through yes. and can attest to. Yes. So when he comes out confident and look at you, know this guy is not acting. Mm. Yeah, you you actually, you you can feel it. Yeah, so it's, like I said, it's a very intangible thing. Yeah. So I, I actually prefer a lot of things that are intangible that are te- versus tangible. Yeah. So that's what I view as dancers that I like. Yep. Dancers that are good on the tangible aspect. As long as you're good on the tangible aspect, I'll call you good because that takes work. Yeah. It, it takes a lot of drilling, muscle memory, you know, repetition to get to a physical execution of things. Yep. I have to give it to you, you know. Whether or not I choose to build my physical techniques that route, doesn't matter. It still sh- shows that you put in the work and I'll treat you as good. But yep. I, as long as I don't feel you mm. and I don't, like, it, you don't make me move, you know. And there has been instances before where people might regard this dancer as a good dancer. They did a very good piece, but it just doesn't resonate with you yeah. in, in any sort of way. Yeah. Interesting. So it, so it kind of goes against the, what did it say, trend? It goes against what perhaps everybody's thinking at that point in time. So that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's like like there are a lot of times where I preferred one dancer or the other, mm. but competition-wise, the other one won. Mm. And at the same time, I understand. But I just prefer the other guy. Yep. Because to me, it's like, this is a guy that I would want to exchange energies with because that I, I I like like you can hear I prefer the intangible I prefer the energy that we can get from that exchange versus just looking at what you technically can do because I can be inspired by what technically you can do and I can just go home and practice interesting yeah okay. but your energy your expression that is something that you don't get just by practicing gotcha yeah. So before I move on to another tangent on mm. the, the 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 topic of expression, do you think that it, it is unique? Like it's it's like a thumbprint. Everybody has a unique form of expression. Mm-hmm. And with regards to dancing, do you feel that people should uh, be aware of it and should develop it alongside the technicality of it? Like one shouldn't be sacrificed for the other because ultimately to be uh, a competent dancer. Or you need both. You can't have too much of either one. Or can you have too much of either one? Can you just have full-on expression without any form of technical knowledge? Yes, you can. You can? Yes, you can. Gotcha. Yeah, but it goes back to a point that I, I said just now. It depends on what you want with this mm. dance thing. You know, because if... So that is the root of everything. Yes. If you are like me, you just... Okay, not exactly like me, but the part that I said <laughs> about like, uh, you just enjoy doing this. Just do you. Mm-hmm. you know just do you because at the start of all of this dance there was no techniques yep you know at the start of all this is just expression and 
connecting with a certain groove of the music that makes you move in a way and you express yourself and that's how this street dance almost all street dance came to be mm. so if you think about it in that sense with this two it's enough to become a te- competent technical dancer as well mm. you know if because all came from here mm. but you can be a completely technical dancer without having any of this because mm-hmm. it's you, it's like almost practicing gymnastics yep you can become like that yep. and without learning how to connect with yourself without making anybody bop to you but everybody will clap for you mm-hmm. yeah and based on what you shared the the root of it and why you want to do something can also change yes. it doesn't always have to be stay fixed for like yes. a decade or two decades and that the adaptability can only be created by yourself yes gotcha how honest with yourself at different points of time in your mm. life yeah because maybe now I'm still in a sense I'm 31 I may have I may have injuries on me, but due to the past few years of doing a little bit more physical um, rehabilitation and like physical strengthening, I've gotten to a point where physically I can actually go back to competitions again. That's Mm. why, you know, so I'm like, okay, so because of that, I'm like, why not try again? You know, (laughs) try, you know, like try, you you work on it, then go and compete and try. Yeah. You know, well, you yeah. know, so but if I'm 45 with injuries that they've like, collected along like the two decades or three yeah, decades of dancing and, and like going to a competition coming home I will have to rest for a week mm-hmm. then you are like and you have work or you have like you need to do things at home then you can't do that anymore you can't be like okay I want to go and compete you know because you go compete with a little bit of competitive nature, sometimes you are going to do things that are things that you might not do in your practice because you know it's borderline risky mm. based on your injuries. Mm-hmm. But in a competition, you know, with the adrenaline, yep. you are going to do it yep. in the moment. Yep. Maybe you face an opponent, you're like, okay, I'm going to go everything for you. And you do something like that. And now I feel like I have that allowance to do it. But maybe as I'm older with different kind of commitment or responsibilities I don't have that you know freedom to do that then gotcha. I might not want to have that element in my dance yeah because it could be a wrestler ultimately definitely yeah so I'm curious to know um, at this point do you think that dance is something teachable teachable yeah uh, rather than okay te- I, th- yes but it's not you are not going to become in my terms, <laughs> let me let me see. Okay, like I said just now, you can be good technically, yeah. Yeah. but you know, like what I like, uh, you might not become a dancer. What I like, mm. if you are only learning from somebody, what does we, that mean? Yeah, because you are only going to become like that person, which I see it so often sure. that dancers that follow a teacher for they just keep following a teacher yep. and they just become duplicates of the teacher. Yep. And I'm like, where is, which which brings up the point of I'll ask, where is the you in that? Mm. But of course, teaching like fundamentals and experience, all the kind of things definitely can be taught. But to go to a next level, I think you need to be able to be, yeah, search inwards really. Yeah. External things can all be taught. Mm. It's like learning how to do a push-up. 
mm. or learning how to do a handstand. Mm. All this just with enough work, you will be able to do it. When you think about dance movements, they are just physical psychomotor movements. Yep. So anybody can develop psychomotor movements if you are physically fit, of course. Yep. So that aspect is teachable. Mm. But the part of becoming you, you can only, I think, be inspired. You know, it's it's like because it's a non-tangible thing. If you it's don't get it, very non-tangible. If you don't get it, you don't get it. Yep. Yeah. So it's kind of like you need to realize. Because I also personally know dancers who have been technically, I would say, very equipped for years. But they are just I, those two elements just don't are just not there. Interesting. And it could they are they could be dancing for for a decade. Yep. Yep. Know, 10 years in and I still don't see that. Okay. So they probably just, and and I can hear other dancers talking about the same dancer with similar intangible terms. Mm, you got no soul. I don't feel you, you know. Uh, I, I don't, you know. Your groove is a little bit artificial, you know, like the artificial, term, interesting. You know, yeah. so it's it's like it's kind of like all very, okay, the groove artificial is probably the most tangible way of saying it, but at the same time, it kind of, explains what I said, you are technically equipped. It feels as though that there's like a hidden checklist of things that you have to reach a certain level or then maybe you gain some sort of enlightenment and be, oh, okay, oh, I've missed out all these things all along. It's like a hidden checklist. No, but, but it's like that. It's, it, it, and I think that it's, it's, it's very interesting because even dancers that are technically equipped and maybe they're on this aspect, they are not so equipped. They recognize that these people are good at these things. Oh, interesting. Because they are dancers too, they spend enough time with music as well. And when they look at another person do like a movement that is simple but so they, they, it hits them. Okay. They're like, wow, you know? It's not a bunch of difficult movements mm -hmm. and but it hits you. And so they can feel it. So they were like, okay, how do I get how do I work on this? Yeah. And then because this thing is so intangible. It could be the greatest question. I mean, it's one of the the, the, the great questions. La. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah and I, I felt like probably, like I would probably actually by right should fall under the technically equipped kind of person in the past. Okay. Because of, because uh, I learned Ushu. Man, sure. Right? So <laughs> Ushu kind of teaches you to be like, your form needs to be perfect. Yep. And your psychomotor, so like, you know, there's hands moving everywhere, you're jumping, you're flipping, you're on the floor, then, you know, strength, speed, everything. So you kind of like, my body is kind of used to that from Ushu. Mm. So when I came to dance, picking up choreography or psychomotor movements was not difficult for me. Mm -hmm. Of course, I may not execute them, like to execute them to like a point where it's like people get impressed, you, you need work. But catching, I catch things faster than a lot of people. Yep. Uh, but I think I would not say now I'm on this. I I I would say this is still something that I trying my best to constantly embody, because there are people who are more natural like that. Mm. You know, like uh, African Americans. Sure. In Singapore, the Malays. Mm. You know, the Malays they, they joke it. You know, they they when they when they just like move move a bit, you're just like. Feeling, feeling, and they always like, oh, feeling, feeling, ah. But yeah, when you watch Malays, like a bit, a bit, you just like, wow. Or I go Philippines. Sure. They just, I go to the, the hip hop club. None of them are doing hip hop techniques, but all of them are 
dancing better than me. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Because what, what all do you of think them, that is? Yeah. I think it's the way their culture is, you yeah. know, because they, they listen to I go into their malls, you go to a random like fast food chain or a restaurant, they are playing hip hop music. Mm-hmm. So this music is it's in their life, sure. daily life. And and they are a lot more when it comes to a, when it comes to people that I've met in different places that I was like lucky to go when I was in the past due to work. Filipinos are very honest. Like they are very real. You feel like these people, not, I'm not saying they don't have like scheming, manipulative <laughs> people there, but they are very, when when you talk to them and they, you, you feel very, you feel the sincerity. You mm. feel the realness. You feel sincerity. that. You feel authentic. Yep. You feel that they are very authentic. And in the aspect, that's why when they dance, it's like I said, the way they live. So they are more expressive. And because they listen to this music on a regular, you know, probably the movement is in them at home. Yep. So they listen to good music. Yep. Filipinos can sing. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. so you know, yep. they naturally this this elusive groove, intangible groove thing that makes people move, it's in their daily life. Mm. So when you go to the club, they have these two aspects. They don't need any technique. I go in and just like, you're all better than me, man. Like, it's <laughs> just like, like <laughs> yeah, you yep. know? Yep. So technically, I'm like, if it gets down to a technical battle and somebody look at me, hey, I, I look like you, you can dance. I'm like, okay, when it comes to a technical battle in the club, then okay, yep. I can show something. Yep. But when if you're just holding a glass of like drink and then you're just like moving from side to side, yep. nah, I can't touch them. Yeah. I can't touch them. Because it, it, it's funny because let's say um, like for dance or even for art, you can be a very technical individual, but... As as you mentioned in, in 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 let's say a clubbing setting or outside or at a party, um, for the layperson you don't run through all the techniques that this person is doing. You are just looking at how the, the individual is moving first of all and the music, and you can get a certain vibe. I think the word is vibe. All these uh, words I used to perhaps just describe this intangible X factor that someone is moving with let's say confidence and intention, and you can definitely feel that. Yeah, I think they they there's this thing called one with the music. Yeah. yeah. So all this while we've we've been talking about uh one aspect of dance, which is the individual, the dancer. What about the music aspect? How much have you explored into that? Because let's say when you go to a competition, I I don't know, let's say the 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 DJ is playing, I don't believe you get to choose your track. Yeah. And the, the tracks are always random. Yeah. How <laughs> do you did you practice just with a whole lot of tracks? Because there's so many, so much musical genres. You mentioned about hip hop. Even within hip hop, there's so many subgenres. How do you uh cognizantly um deal with with the randomness of it? Is it always similar? Uh, all the music similar. There's always like a, a four beats uh and and in one mm. bar and you go yeah. from there. Yeah. Uh. To answer this question, I have to start with the point that I repeatedly say, depends on what you want as a dancer. Mm. Um, if you want to be good at competitions, you will have to practice to all sorts of hip-hop music. All sorts of hip-hop music. Because there are music that are a little bit more... Like, let's say, you know, from dubstep come in. So there's a lot of different layers going on at different times that the snare can disappear yep. for like two eights. You know, like there's just melody yep. going on or there's, you know, the, the person could be rapping yep. with no beats at the back yep. or there's no rapping at all. Yep. There's just pure beats yep. or there are songs that's just 
you know, monotonous beats and this like there's nothing to hit yep. except for one and two. Mm. So if you want to be good at competitions, you will have to expose yourself and get familiar with music like that. So your body doesn't choke. Mm, choke. Yeah. Because this happens if you go to a competition, like for example, in the past, yeah. when I was competing maybe like more competitively years, like seven, eight years ago, yep. I don't listen to instrumental music with like random beats coming in. You don't listen to it. I don't like, I kind of don't like it. Mm-mm-mm. You know? So when these songs come out in a competition, I will choke. Mm. Like, I'm like, okay, like, I don't know what to do with it, you know, because I'm not used to this. Yeah. I, I like, I, I like to be brought moving ahead by the vocals. Mm. The vocals give me the, the character. Yep. It helps me connect with my character. Mm. And you remove that and you just give me. And I'm just like, I don't even know that was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, especially on certain sides, just like, it just like, boom. Cut, cut, cut. Then I'm like, <laughs> you know, but somehow there are dancers that don't know, never listened to that song before and mm. can react to that. How? They practice to this kind of music. So they are not like, they, they can react to beats coming in faster. Yep. There, there are people who are who actually practice um beat making like they go into beat making they yep. un- they go and study music yeah. so they already have kind of like a idea in their head of what makes up a piece of music a piece of music yeah so or they have even made their own music so yep. they are not they naturally they are firm they 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 probably can view the music in like sound waves in their head yep, yep. because of how they have their experience. So mm. layers of music come in, they probably heard it like four eights ago. Mm. They know it's coming in four eights later Mm-mm-mm. because they know you, you don't just like put something in the first eight then like suddenly like seven, yep. s- seven, eight later you put it, it's too random. You yep. know, you kind of yep. like need a certain kind of like- Consistency. Yeah. yeah. So they they pick it up fast but they may not hit it the first time they remember. Mm. So the next time it comes- they are, they are, they hit it. They know it's coming. Yep. So, these are different ways that you can prepare yourself for competitions. I would say, but the other way of you wanting to be more of yourself, then you just listen to music you like. <laughs> yeah, you just listen to music you like. But you know this kind, then you're not gonna do well in competitions. Yeah. What about yourself, though? What are your listening habits today? There are musics that I, I I like. In my Spotify, I have like, I have various uh playlists that I, I compile. Yeah. Like one is called Vibe Tribe. I like to name them. <laughs> one is called Vibe Tribe. One is called Club Hub. You mentioned you're 31, right? Yes. Okay, cool. I'm just <laughs> checking. Vibe Tribe. <laughs> okay. Club Hub. Yeah. Uh, Lounge Pound. Yeah. <laughs> 31, right? Yes. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> instrumental, but the mental, I put it in caps because you it's, see, this is how much I kind of don't like it. Is there a Z behind? No, Instrumentals? No, 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 no just okay, instrum- okay, okay. Then mental is in caps, so <laughs> instrumental because I'm like, this music kind of drives me mental. Even right now, you don't like instrumental music? No, it's not. It's I don't like, but it does not get me... But I also realized one thing. Most people don't like things that they are not good at. Yeah, that's, that's fair. So yeah. as I become capable of dancing to this music, I don't dislike it as much, but it does not... It's not my go-to music. 
God. <laughs> oh, gotcha. okay, it's not my go-to music. Okay, okay. I learned to like, accept it. Accept it and appreciate the the what it does to me. Because what I built with my dance now is I'm like there's another component of building my relationship with music. Okay. So I'm building my relationship with all different playlists. So because yep. it, it connects with different parts of me, I feel. Interesting. What like, do you mean by like that? Like the lounge pound is something that like it's it's like I w- I envision if I were to have my own place in the future and I have like two different speakers. One in my living room. The living room I'll be playing the lounge pound because it's a it's a calming and stuff like my room one will rotate between like there's another one called No 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 no, no. <laughs> Okay. Uh probably Club Hub and the other one is called Rap Rap. You no know, rap as in the burrito rap. Okay. Rap as in rap music. So rap rap. Between these two. Because it depends on my mood. Okay. But my my living room will always... Because the lounge music... When, like, I kind of realized that music makes you... Definitely makes you feel different things. Mm. Like, if you... You know those, like, Chinese people that listen to too much uh, heartbreak Mando pop songs are naturally a little bit more emo. Interesting. Is that your your, your thesis on Chinese Mando pop songs? <laughs> it, it does. Because, like, uh, when I listen to those music, you know, it just makes me feel a little bit more, like emo okay okay think about my past relationships okay i know like it, it just gets you there yeah you know so i'm like but it's like the power of music isn't it exactly yeah. exactly so when i realize that then i choose to be conscious about what energy am i giving myself based on my music mm-hmm. like certain moments where like let's say as a trader you know there are certain times where i'm like maybe i'm a little bit sleepy mm. and i need to get some like adrenaline pumping I play the instrumental music because it gets me like it gets me into battle mode. Okay, okay. <laughs> it triggers you so like, much. Uh. Yeah, it gets me into battle mode. But sometimes maybe like okay, like maybe I had a intense uh like like I had a intense workout before I trade. Yeah, and I just want to like calm myself down. Then I'll play my vibe track. My vibe track will probably have a little bit more vocals, and it's not the rapping kind of vocals, but probably like the singing kind of vocals, like Erica Badu kind of mm, very mm, mm, soul yeah. kind of music. So I'm like I can see the that tempo's it, a little bit slower. Yeah. yeah. Melody is stronger, yeah. you know, that kind of music. Or I play like jazz music, you know. So I have like a another one that is jazz, like beats. Cause yeah, so I I do that to I I recognize the power of that and building my relationship with all of them eventually makes me a more at the same time because I still hold that competitive part of me. So this part strengthens the aspect of yep. of, of me as a dancer. Yep. But most of the time I, I go with like I go with my uh rap music. I, I like I like my my chosen rap music. Gotcha. And the club music, clubbing like my my kind of clubbing music. Yeah. The club music. Cause I think those friends that have gone to hip hop parties with me in the past like one year would know like when I'm in a hip hop party, I look like I don't have injuries. What does that mean? Yeah. Somehow I can dance the whole night without stopping. Mm-mm-mm. And they are like, isn't this guy injured? They were like, you're not tired. Uh. Is it the alcohol? Possibly too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel like definitely uh alcohol is but I don't drink that much too. Mm. Uh so I would not I think with alcohol it helps, but I don't I'm not the kind that drink till I drop kind. Okay. So not anymore. <laughs> I drop too many times, like <laughs> huh? So um yeah, I don't think it's the alcohol, but it's the energy of 
the the people around because mm. everybody's just kind so I'm just drawing energy from everybody everybody's just vibing so you're energy. a leecher yes 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 because yes. <laughs> like, like this is something like I, I enjoy like hey you are moving I'm moving like like this is how the dance started mm. you dance I dance I look at you we vibe we, I, 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 I struck my shoulders a little bit it makes you shrug your shoulder a bit no like it's like, like it's like I took the energy from you it did not come from me do you think it's very, do you think it's a very primal interaction Yes. Okay. Yes. And then the music's louder too. Mm-hmm. You know, and every and everybody was is just there moving with the music. So I feel like that whole atmosphere is it's just giving the energy that I probably don't have if I'm in my own house. Gotcha. So that's yeah, why yeah. I was just I'm just like <laughs> like I'm just like edit and I'll look at people, then I just like maybe like dance with this person, that person, turn dance with this person, yeah. that person. So that gives me unlimited energy. It's like a different persona as well. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> repeat the question first okay because I cut they just like stop the question halfway okay so assuming you've been listening to the conversation since the start and every time Jonah says the word energy you've been taking a shot I would assume you'll be properly drunk by now so let's put some <laughs> definitions to it so what is energy because I visited the Caltex just now and they don't sell it so what is energy what is energy to you wow because I think you said it over like seven times already. I said it from the clubbing point of view. I said it from yeah. watching a person point yeah. of view. Because it's so intangible. It's not like, oh, uh, yes, there is thermodynamics. There is the physical aspect of energy. Yes. Uh, energy can be classified as light. Energy can be classified as heat. Yeah. So, but I'm assuming when you're in the club, you're not, you're not, you're not sensing the heat signature from someone. No, so what, no, no. what is it? Yeah. To you. Wow. We are going to this point. Yeah. What is it to me? Is it a collection of things? Is it just a vibe you, you, you get from someone that it's, it's supposed to be intangible and it's very difficult to put into words? Okay, I think the easiest way probably that I can put it is in a way that is relevant to this conversation is um, from music. Mm. Energy from music. Like the point that you mentioned just now... Um, Music is something that affects, uh, we're talking, affects people's moods and mm. stuff like that. So I think that is what I mean from the energy point of view, because like, um, I think it affects how you feel. It, it, it affects your emotions. Mm. And it's, um, it's like if you watch somebody, do a contemporary piece that you probably don't understand the dance, mm-hmm. but there is a story behind it. Yep. You you feel something like that, that. It feels, it makes you feel something. Like, um, this is something that I heard. Um, we, I had a friend that uh, passed away when I was 21. Mm. Uh, he was part of my dance crew then. And at that point of time, we were kind of invited to do a showcase for a recital. Mm-hmm. And our finale item for finale part of the item, we did a tribute to him. Mm. And uh, it was something that only after the show, there were people that came up to us and said, there were people crying. Mm. It was a hip hop piece. Mm. To It's a tribute to a guy that passed away. So yeah. I think that song kind of hit us in that way that made us move in a way that made people feel that way. And I think that's one way we can explain about energy. Yeah. Or like 
you know how some people can listen to great singers and start tearing. Mm. It's not from the vocals, you know, it's not from the technicality. You don't have a consciously thinking to cry. Yeah, yeah it, it just hits <laughs> you in such a way that it affects your emotions. Mm. And I think that's one of the ways I can say energy. Mm. To in, in one of the ways that it's easier for everyone to understand <laughs> and easier for me to say. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always been very in touch or very in tune with your emotive state? Because it feels as though to, at least from, from, from what I can hear from you, to be a good dancer, you kind of have to know how you're feeling with regards to the music, with regards to how you feel that day. You need to be very in tune with yourself and being in tune with yourself is knowing how you feel, being, I guess, being honest as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, is there's that honesty to, okay, I feel shitty today. I feel good today. Uh, yeah. Have you always been been very in tune? And mm. if not, you're, you're shaking your head. If not, so what changed? Oh, is it like a just, oh, uh, I passed 30, I, I level up and I gain my, my emotion, nah. emotional uh, attunement, yeah. No. Okay. I don't think it comes with age because uh, I know people who are double my age and are not in tune with their emotions. I'm not talking about the Prime Minister, but okay. Yeah, go ahead. Don't get me into trouble. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Um, I think uh, where I get to this point was, okay, like just now I said, uh, at 21, a friend passed away. Mm. Um, then at uh, at 23, has it been three years? Yeah, three years. Mm. When I was 28, another friend committed suicide. Mm. So I think these two things uh, definitely helped me. I would not say helped, but it were triggers. They were catalysts to make me need to learn what is going on inside. Because mm. definitely, um, especially the one three years ago and then COVID hit shortly after. Yeah. You have to stay alone at home. Yep. You have to deal with the aftermath of this thing, yep. trying to make sense of what happened. Yep. Why are you feeling a certain way? Yeah. And through through that and of course, uh Understanding, I went to pick up yoga, mm. started listening to a little bit more videos like on quote unquote spirituality, mm. um, you know, from like Sadhguru or from different therapists, you know, people who are into like psychology. So yep. I start to consume all this kind of content and it definitely made me understand emotions better okay that's why just now i can say like anger management anger is a physical thing and management mm. is a conscious thing yeah which a lot of people are not aware might not always be that naturally yeah aware yeah. of it yeah to them it's like i'm angry and it it's they are unconscious and there's no conscious management of it mm. you know that's how fights happen between people because yeah. The emotion just act up and yeah. they, they don't realize what is going on yeah. sometimes certain words come out yeah yeah, because there's no management. But it's also something that um, A, it's very natural. Mm. B, you might not know that you're, you're feeling it. And C, it's... Nobody teaches you these things. Yeah. Unless you get into altercation, you're being sent for A, anger management thing. Yes. And someone tells you, hey, you actually don't have to look at it like that. Yes. You can look at it from A. It's actually two separate things. And it's two separate things and people can understand the framework of it. So that is, yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, this is something that I think is not taught enough. Mm. 
even nowadays, um, definitely I think nowadays it got better with the whole social media because of COVID, I would think. Okay. Because people are going nuts. <laughs> sure. And people are not able to go out. Yep. So everybody's dopamine levels and yep. all the things are at levels that it was not at previously. And yep. they are consuming more things at home, which mm. also kind of like affects their dopamine levels. They are not comfortable with sitting with themselves. Thoughts start coming in because yep. you are working from home. Yep. There's no traveling time. You're not meeting colleagues. Yeah, it's a whole know? can of worms though, actually. Yeah. yeah. So when that happens, a lot of people don't know how to deal with this and that's where there's an influx of uh, therapies. Yep. You know, this kind of content start flooding mm-hmm. social media and it gives people more perspective about these kind of things. Yeah, so I think it's a good thing that people are being a bit more aware about it. Of course, there are, I think there are some bad things that it does to society. Of course, with this much information, because people kind of misuse it. Interesting. What do you mean by that? Oh, I have mental health problems, so you can't do this to me. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> you know? So it's like a, it's like a defensive... Uh, yeah, like thing. you have a shield all of a sudden, you know, like... like it's 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 almost like okay let's say let's use my back condition as a problem as an example yeah okay because this is how i like to explain it to to a person yeah who probably did not have any understanding of this kind of emotional side of things yep take it as i have a i have a i have a back injury yeah. because of maybe physically i was not as strong to face certain kind of impacts that I let my body face Fair. as a dancer. Fair. Yeah. Right? Which probably every other dancer around me was doing similar things. Mm. Right? Just that maybe I was, I'm skinnier. Yeah. You know, maybe my it's bone density just is lower. biology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Biology, muscles yeah. weaker, whatever. Bam! My body kind of turned back. got an injury yeah. that lasts, will last for the rest of my life. Yep. Another person might face that and will recover in a month. Fair. Yeah. But that does not mean that the person was not injured before. And that does not mean that I will recover. Mm. You know? Yep. So with that in mind, people take this because at least physical injuries can be scanned. Yep. You know, like the yep. person one month later, so I still have a bad problem with scan. Nothing is wrong. Mm. So it's more uh psychological. Yeah. Yeah. Or like mine, for example, or I people say you can recover. Okay, like you you pay for my MRI scan mm. to see whether I recover or not, you know? Yep. There is physical proof. There's like metrics, lah. Basically, yes. there's like a there's like a framework of oh, if you're able to do this, you're able to do this in a competent manner without pain, without any sharp pain, you have quote unquote recovered. Yes. But actually, living with it could be a totally different yes. thing. Yeah. But when it comes to emotional side of things, mm. like you face something that affected you, yeah, people are just oh trauma. Mm. I have a trauma now. It's a very uh, what's the word for it? It's a very juvenile understanding. Yeah, of it. yeah. I have a trauma now. Yeah. I have, uh, you know, like how last time I don't know if you did this before. You you face a certain pain in your body, you don't understand. You go and Google it, then you suspect that you got like some like <laughs> severe injury. <laughs> I tell you, this 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 is a center of cancer. I was like, then you're like, what the fuck? I, I'm, I'm ruined. I'm screwed. You know, like like no, I think that's the effect that it's doing to people. And I was mm. like, okay, I feel when I think about this thing, I feel a uh, wave of like helplessness and weakness. <laughs> I have depression. Yeah. I'm like, you know, so 
yeah, you ask you ask your parent about the most love like ex they ever had. They also will feel sad one, but that does not mean they have depression. Mm. It just means that it was something that they regret. Yep. Or you know, it was a tough breakup. Or yep. you know, like something like that. Then when you think about it, you're gonna feel sad. It's human. Uh. Exactly. Yeah. But people just take it in into like, oh, I have depression now. I have mental problems. No, I have mm. this. I have that. As much as I try not to. Like to me, people have who have legit problems will not say that they have problems. Mm. Don't like to say that they have problems. Like I don't like to tell people I'm injured. No, I don't like to tell people that because of my friend uh having a commit suicide, I probably have a certain degree of depression that I need to deal with yep. that make me view life differently. Yep. No, it's not something like go out and like to tell people. But yep. I realize that a lot of people like to use it to their advantage. Yep. I have depression. Is <laughs> 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 it crippling? You can't, you, can't, you can't talk to me like that. Okay. okay. You can't like, you know, oh, I I, I, I sprained my back. Let me take the priority seat on MRT. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yep. So that's why. So it's, I, a, it's a very strange, sadly, very human way of misuse of certain information. Though. Yeah. But that, I think that's a human problem rather than an information problem. It's a yeah. good thing. I think this information is out there. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm curious to know is because I, I do get the sense that we prioritize or we tend to favor more positive emotions than negative ones. Mm-hmm. But it does feel that the negative ones, quote unquote, the negative ones are actually the more important ones because they tell you what... Uh, if if you don't get a handle on it, if you don't recognize it, if you're not aware of it, those are the ones that could be a lot more insidious actually. Definitely. Yeah, because it feels like society to 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 live in civil society, you kind of have to have this mass of positivity. Like it's very like you it's a lot easier to share something that uh more positive than negative. Yep. Yeah. So I do get the sense that there is a a, a favorability of more positive emotions than the negative ones. Yeah. So is that a question or you want me to just have a discussion? No, I'm curious part? about that. Yeah. Do you feel that way? Or uh my view on it is as much as possible, I try not to be the starting point of giving out negative. <laughs> you don't negative. trauma down, basically. <laughs> I try my best. I try my best, gotcha, you know, because gotcha. it's like if we are going to the point of energy again, mm. um, sometimes telling you certain things from my perspective that is a horrible experience from my view. Yep if the recipient of this knowledge or information is not careful, it makes the person feel miserable too or horrible too. Yep. And that kind of passes along. You know? So it's like like I started giving out this energy that is just going to keep passing around. Yep. So I do understand why... Wow. My knuckle crack is so loud. And you heard it. Yeah, I was like... (laughs) I was like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Emphasize the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I do agree that positivity, it, it's more important to be conscious about that. But at the same time, like your point is, people are also avoiding the difficult conversations, but necessary conversations. Mm. It's like positive feeling, negative feeling. Bubble tea makes you feel good. Because it's sweet, you know, it's enjoyable. 
but you don't realize that you have a problem until ants start crawling up your pee. No, because like you know, we put it in a physical condition again yep. that people understand. Yep, it's good to drink your bubble tea, eat your ice cream. You yep. know, like I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a health advocate. <laughs> no, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, but just using it as an example. Yep. you know, but people tend to not realize certain things about their the the build up of negative things. It's accumulative, la. until yeah. it becomes something so big that you can't avoid. And it, and it manifests into that because yeah. that is a manifestation of the years of bubble tea that you have yes. and you're not uh, doing any exercise. You're not even cutting down on yes. it. Yeah. So it's about, and in that aspect, it's the same thing that what's going on in your mind. Mm. If you are not aware of the things that negatively trigger you, you will come to realize it when it accumulates enough. Mm-mm. It could be lashing out at your wife. Mm. It could be storming out of your car and scolding the next person and starting a fight. Mm, I've seen a lot of those online. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. P- very puzzling, but sure. Yeah. yeah. And that is a good example of it mm. because they are probably not aware of the things that trigger them negatively. Mm. So, but it's very difficult because facing a lot, like if now if we're going to certain topic about therapy and you know psychology like which i'm no expert of i'm just you're just a dancer <laughs> i'm just a yeah. dancer disclaimer i'm just a dancer you're that, an accountant and a wushu person as well and and i'm a nerd so i just happen to like like to read this kind of content yeah. you know so i'm not an expert i just consume this content and sharing what i learned from this content but yeah. like uh it's the negative emotions that come from a lot of things that you don't accept Mm. you know you develop anger from things that didn't go your way and you are frustrated that it didn't go your way and you don't understand why it didn't go your way at the time when you were younger okay and the root of it is not accepting it that's why when you grow older that's why you see it kind of links to things like I, I, I'm not in the forward you just don't accept then you just get angry it's you it's you it's you because that's how the root of things are. Mm-hmm. But when you want to go into these kind of topics, it's very difficult for people to face because it's not about facing them as who they are now. Mm-hmm. It's about when it comes to trauma, like what I've learned from it is it comes from the time where you face that thing. So it's like a, it's like a breakaway point, like basically. It's a yes. mode of impact, like a yes. scar is formed and it breaks away. Yeah, so it, it stays in your body that will act up. So that's why you see people who act up out of negative emotions, be anger, mostly, okay, let's just use anger because anger is one of the e- most clear ones. Yeah. You you behave like a child. Mm. You behave like a kid throwing a tantrum, but now with adult body. Yep. So with adult knowledge of like vulgarities and like yep. physical yep. things. So but, it's like a weird hybrid. Uh. But <laughs> yeah. you are a child mm. and with a three-year-old nephew, I'm seeing like like this is how adults who are angry that don't understand how they behave exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's in that way that uh people don't like to have these conversations because yeah. it's very difficult, uncomfortable as well. Very very uncomfortable, and yeah. uh, you have to accept a certain reality that you used to take as an injustice for a big part of your life. What do you mean by that? Like, uh, 
it could like because at that point of time let's just say an example of um somebody let's just this is just a very like random example somebody uh running uh knocking into you when you need to go to somewhere important that may you go there late yeah and make you like lose an important opportunity yeah. right understandable for this person to be angry yep very natural so yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so in that case you would just view this whole thing as i'm the one who is um being uh, offended I, i'm the one that is at a loss here mm, mm, mm. i didn't do anything wrong uh this person is the one that fought. so there's a uh, when you view this thing is you just feel injustice and this person is at fault. Yeah. But maybe when you understand this thing later, maybe this person is rushing to the hospital yeah. to view, visit his uh, dying like, It's a myriad of one. reasons uh, yeah. as to why. And then you realize that then you're just like, but this opportunity could have changed your life. Mm. So do you want to forgive this person now? You know, like it's it's this this thing where you just like, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, when you think about it like that, because we are both not involved in this situation, so it's easier to say, okay. Yeah. But you in know. the heat of the moment, when yeah. it happens, when the person's like running behind you already and you're on the floor, then do you shout at the person? Do yeah, you, do you like, do you okay, why are you running? Yeah. No, like, no, like, <laughs> you don't know. And yeah. these things, let's say it happened to you when you were younger, which happens a lot to kids in primary school mm. or, you know, like when you're just dealing with other kids who are not who have no conscious idea of what they are doing. You might not even remember. Exactly. You might not remember it in your memory, but your body remembers. And the body's pretty amazing, then. Yes, yeah, it yes, it does. All these things, yes, yeah. it does. So it remembers the certain kind of ways that you were treated in ways that you remember as yeah, and how and different bodies deal with it differently. So certain people, it's it's like the same example I give as an injury. Yep. Some people re- bodies remember it for life. Mm. Some people just forget it after the next week. Yeah. You know, then the, the, this doesn't bother them. Until perhaps a similar incident happened. Then it latches on, it latches mm. on, it latches on. Yeah. yeah. So I think this kind of negative emotions are things that people avoid, but it's necessary. Yeah. But at the, it's like I read a book. Uh, I think the, the book is called Subtle Art, Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck okay. by Mark Manson. Yeah. So I think one of the most mind-boggling part that he mentioned was one thing uh one thing positive experience is a negative experience what do you take away from that accepting negative experiences is a positive experience something like that so it's like a reverse of what people think it's true yes because if you want positive experiences you are chasing something positive so so that is the framework you're you're chasing the the positive okay something like that because it i have it's been a while since i read the book but this line kind of like it's, it's stuck with you. It's the line that everybody that reads the book, like this is the line that oh. they remembers. <laughs> yeah, you know, because this the when the line came in, you just sit there, you're just like, huh. wait a minute. I need some time to process this. Do you think when he wrote it, he wrote a line, it's like, hey, he, he, he sit back and it's like, oh, not bad. <laughs> yeah, probably because like the line kind of like, it's the line that like, you see, it's been, I think years since I read the book, but yep. that line just stuck in my head for so long. Then I said another person, bought that book then you see maybe in like few days later that line appears in their story you yeah. know like so do you agree with it like, it, it kind of like uh emphasizes the point that i said just now like accepting negative experiences is a positive one because it's very difficult for people to accept negative experiences mm. 
and chasing positive experience is like chasing dopamine and it never ends. It never ends, you know? So it becomes, it makes you have a lack because you are constantly chasing. Yep. Yeah, so I'm like, that's that's something that's very interesting that kind of like also changed the way I view things. And it resonates with you. Like. Yeah, it does. It definitely does. So you mentioned the word programming before. Mm. And I think it's interesting in the context of what we're talking about. So what I'm curious to know is, has there been something in the, the context of programming and I guess certain scripts that you have since since young, has there been something that you have to consciously uh, unprogram from yourself? Ooh. Hope my family doesn't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> yeah, my parents are not going to... They'll be like, ah, talk about dance. Ah, okay, talk about positive, <laughs> negative. They're not going to talk about us. Okay. That's a brilliant segue. <laughs> yeah. This is the real thing that we're talking about. Um, I think in terms of programming for me, at the same time, when I was younger, it seemed like that to me. Mm. Um. Because from my perspective, so everything that I say from here is my perspective and it could be inaccurate from if you're viewing it from a third, per- third, third person point of view. Yeah. Uh, because I was the youngest son mm. at home um, and I was the most kind of like obedient one. Okay. Like my elder two brothers were a little bit more rebellious. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> When they were younger, my both my parents had to work, so they kind of stayed with my grandmother. Yeah. So my I think my grandmother was probably a lot more lenient with them. Yep. So, but when I was born, both my parents, you know, my mother quit her work to kind of like take care of me at home. Yep. So I had a little bit more attention compared to them. Mm. So definitely I would feel like that probably also contributed to a little bit of difference of treatment from their perspective because I did have a conversation with them I think a couple of years back and they said like no you are the one that treated you were you were the one that was treated the best I was like I was the one that was treated the best <laughs> like from my perspective interesting you know, so that's why I say it's, you need to view this from different perspective before you go on do you think both things could be true yes mm, okay from our perspective yeah and that's what made us yeah. us so crazy so Things could be true, things could be false, but it's just what you remember and what you feel ultimately yeah. that, that stays with you. Yeah. Fascinating. So, like, from my perspective was when, because boys at home, nef- definitely there will be, like, tussles and then kind of, like, <laughs> okay. like, like, quarrels or you know, kind of, like, you know, you just try to, like, ego, testosterone come okay. out and then you just fight and okay. I'm the youngest. Yep. I'm the smallest. So, most of the fights like I felt like sometimes maybe I was not, maybe I was the one who triggered it now that I think about it possible. Mm. Okay, we'll never know. Yep. But most of the fights that happened between me and my siblings, mm. my parents came in and said like, they, they asked me to stop it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I felt like I was not the one at fault. Yep. But I was the one asked to stop it. Yep. So to me, it was like, they're blaming you? Yeah, I felt like, like is it because like my perspective was it's easier to control me than control them. You know? So, and, and, and like that kind of made me like, I think that made me want to be a rebel. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, that, that made me grow up wanting to like resist, like not to be so obedient. Yep. 
you know, because I was like, being obedient just makes me get bullied. Mm. Because if a fight happens, the obedient one is the one to get stopped. Yep. Because the fiercer one cannot be stopped. Yep. So I was like, then why be the obedient one? Yeah. I will be a pushover. Well, I know it makes it's a lot of sense so, now. <laughs> so you see, when I say this, you know, I kind of sound like a kid saying it. Yep. Because I'm like bringing something from my childhood that's something that's probably when I connect back to it, you know, like yeah. the younger me, because like, yeah, no fair one. You know? It's like if you put it up on this pedestal objectivity, you let five people look at it. Yeah, like it will sound very childish, like, but to you, it, it feels completely natural. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, but not a lot of people are able to detach and realize it's like, as I said, I'm like, yeah, I sound like a freaking kid now, <laughs> you know, but not a lot of people have this. And uh, like another one is, I remember this so clearly today. That's why it affected me for so many years. Mm. I remember when I was younger, uh, me and my mother, we went to a Econ Minimart. It used to be the 7-Eleven yeah. of our Tampanese area. You okay, know? okay. Like the Econ Minimart. I don't know whether they are still there anymore. I don't I don't see anymore. Econ so it's just like a like a like a minimart that sells a variety of things, lah. Yes, gotcha. yes, yes, okay. yes. So uh she went in as a mother to buy home stuff. Yeah. I was with her. And then I saw this um pink color ring that okay. I wanted to buy to give my primary school girlfriend. Fantastic. Whatever that girlfriend means, like, you know, you're just in primary school, whatever that was. Hey, you had a very limited scope of what the world is. Like, that's the world yeah, to yeah, you yeah. Right then. So I was yeah. like, let's buy this for her. She should be happy. Yeah. But I had no money and I, I, and I know my mother is not going to buy it for me. You know your mom's not going to buy it. She's like, no. Okay. Don't like, it's like she's buying like, you know, like probably like milk, bread, yeah. you know, all the adult things. To feed you, Yeah. To, to feed, feed family, everyone yeah. at home, you know, like, like <laughs> detergent or whatever. I don't even know what she was buying back then, but now I think about it should be all these things. You, why you wanted we, the ring. La. Why would you go there, right? Yeah. I wanted the ring. So it's like, act of criminal, criminal activity. Yeah, oh I dear. stole the ring. Okay, okay. I stole the ring. Okay. And then my mother found the ring. <laughs> then she was like, so she gave me one round of scolding and she said like, don't waste money buying things that are uh not important. If not, you have no money to eat. Mm. So you want to buy things that you want? No, your money should be spent on things that you need. If not, you have no money to eat. Mm. And that thing stuck with me all the way that if I want to buy things I want, I just don't eat. Oh. Wow. It's like an auto-run script. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, as a kid, no, it's, just, it's yeah. just like, you want to buy things you want, don't eat. Lo, because the money they used to eat can be used to buy things that you want. Do you think it was like a, it's just, it's just like a statement she said and you yeah. really forgot about it. Wow. Yeah she, yeah, she forgot about it. Yeah. Because this is something that I realized when uh, my eldest brother brought me to a, a seminar. I think it was called Millionaire Mindset. Okay. Intensive or something. So okay. they, they kind of like talk to you about your relationship with money. Mm. So the question was, what is one thing that you remember from your childhood about money that you think does not serve you now. Yep. I was just like, first thing that came to mind was that incident. Then I wrote yep. it down. Then I wrote it down. I was just like, huh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> now I know why am I always starving myself? The world is a lot clearer now. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of my allowance come just like, okay, I want to buy this thing. I just like portion. So it became like portion. Okay, this is the amount of money I used to eat. Hmm, I want to buy this. Let's minus the money from the, my eating money to it, buy the stuff. It, it feels cognitively natural to you, but perhaps when, when, when as I said, putting it on the pedestal objectivity, yeah. if you talk to someone about it, then you'll be like, hey, no, I don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, then you'll, be, then you'll realize like, that there is a, there is like a, what's, the, you you don't even consciously think about doing it. Yes. You're, you're just naturally doing yes. it. Yeah. And that's what I think means, represents the word programming. Mm. Because it's 
you just runs automatically. You don't realize it's until yeah. somebody make you realize it. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. But it feels as though, um, because it's so naturally, it's what what is natural to you is not natural to me and vice yeah. versa. It can only be known or be made aware when, let's say someone says something, or it's like a, it triggers externally and then yeah. it makes you reflect. Do, do you feel like that that's the pattern or is it more like uh, a copious amount of internal work and you realize, hey, maybe this something someone said and it connects. Like there's a lot of clarity there. Yeah. I think uh, internal work is a more controlled way of getting to this outcome. Okay. Because something somebody said might not click with you until you have a certain level of awareness. Okay. You know, it's like somebody coming to you and me, like 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 me coming to you to talk about, uh, like you coming to me and talk about, <laughs> yeah. It you keeps come, changing. Right, I was just like, that's what's, what's a good way. To, you coming to me to talk about some realization about the way I draw. Okay. And I just don't realize it. Because mm. I don't have that awareness of what you are talking about. Yep. Yeah, in fact, I might feel offended because mm-hmm. I don't understand what you're talking about. I yep. feel like you're just attacking me, saying I'm not good enough. Yep. You know, so so it, that's why I say the external one is it's it's kind of like a, you know, you have to be lucky. La. Lucky. It, it has to be somebody that you probably value the opinion of, you know, so it's, it's too many factors that you cannot control. Mm. But what can you control? Internal work. Yeah, choosing to... But then again, not everybody goes into internal work just by themselves, you know, because it's it's not something that is taught. It's I would assume it's also not something you start all from the same place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like because it, it, for based on what you share, and thank you for sharing. Like you mentioned, like what happened to your friends, yeah. and that was the the in a sense like a triggering point, yep. and that is a really heavy place to start from. Yeah, but not everybody can start from there. Yeah, yeah. So with all the different starting points and. I'd assume it's not like a linear journey as well. You don't get enlightened and you float. It's more like you you navigate the, the internal world that you have and you figure out what color of paint it is. Yeah. What does it look like? Yeah. What does it feel like? What events from your past that someone said something, how does it show today? These are all the things that on the outside, there is no progression bar. Yeah, <laughs> you, there, there is, is no. You, you, you can't tell anything. Yeah. It's yeah. not like you walk up to someone, you talk and you, you get a sense of all these things. Yep. Yeah. And it's dangerous because, like, for example, I think I remember um, it's like, okay, let's just talk about this point. Like, uh, I re- Jim Carrey has a video that he mentioned something about depression is your body telling you that he doesn't want to play this character anymore. Mm. He's, you know, he's not playing the character that he should be playing or something like Mm-mm. that. And, you know, you can see people in the comments are like, uh, this guy has taken too much uh, drugs. Uh, you know, this guy is already bonkers. You should not be listening to him. Mm. And there are people who can listen to them and be like, hey, I relate to this statement. Yeah. You know, and then they go and discover further. So this is an example of, you know, lucky you've, you've listened to something that hits you and makes you start this journey. Yep. You know, because some people are just like, this guy is mad. Just talking nonsense. Do you think both things could be true? Yeah, it could be mm. because like, like I like I have a friend that uh likes to have this kind of conversation with me. Uh, he said like his friends don't understand this kind of topic about 
mental health trauma and stuff mm-hmm. like because he's recovering from uh certain traumatic experience in his childhood so he likes to talk to me about things like that and yep. his friends would be like you should just move on already just mm. move on you know then then he's he gets very agitated like you think i don't want to move on you think yep. i don't want to move on yep. and when he came to me and i told him like we should not get angry or frustrated when people say that because we should be happy that these people don't have to start this journey interesting because nothing hit them in such a way that they need to discover these things. Mm. It's it's like it's like without my injury, I would not see the importance of mobility. Mm. Exactly. Flexibility. Yep. You know, like strengthening, you know, like recovery. You know, yep. I would not. Yep. Until you lose that. Yes. Yeah. Or something something bad enough happens and, yes. and it kind of puts things into perspective. Like. Yes. Yeah. Like of course there are many people who due to, you know, the they sit down all the time. They have lower back issues. They have, they have similar issues as mine, mm. but it does not get to the point where it affected them from functioning normally. Yeah. So they did not see the need to deal with it. Yeah. You know, because they could still function. Yeah. So I told him, yeah, I'm not saying that your your those friends don't have things that, you know, trigger them. They don't have things that make them angry. They don't have things that make them lose control of themselves but they can function so maybe that's why they never see the need to understand these things and do this work Mm. you are in a recovery phase it's like somebody telling me when i got my injury eight years ago where when it acts up i could not walk for three days and Mm. just tell me go and just just go and apply a job and go and work and i'm just like what if my injury act up and i cannot go to work for three days in a row and just tell my boss my back injury act up you know, mm-hmm. who would hire me then? Yep. You know? So it's 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 not something that they understand. And it's not something that people nowadays understand because I'm still doing a lot of daily work on my physical body just to keep it functioning. Yep. But a lot of people don't understand why I need to do this on a daily basis. Yep. Because they don't have this issue. Yeah. So instead of being like, oh, you all don't understand. I take the approach of okay, I'm glad that you don't have this issue. Yeah, but it's also the disconnect uh, at which both realities can exist at the same time, like, Because if I never had a back injury before, how am I able to empathize with someone who has who has a chronic back injury unless yeah. they actually tell me about it? Yeah, yeah, and it's very easy to to brush away or to brush off something that I have no conception of. Yes, yeah, because as as great as the mind is, it is very difficult to actually empathize and to actually physically feel and to feel the repercussions of that thing several years down the road yeah it's it's such a high level of abstract it's very abstract in a sense yeah until actually i i see it or actually it's, it's someone close to me and they share me oh actually i have to do this a uh, routine 30 minutes every day just to be able to walk from yeah that, that is that is a very very difficult thing for you and this is to me, only applicable if it, if it, if it's someone you really care about, if yeah. it's someone close within your circle, day to day friends you see, uh, not on the regular as well. It's very easy to brush things off. Yep. Yeah, yeah, because their reality doesn't matter to you, so exactly. it has no impact to you whatsoever. Yep. You know, like people can be like, oh, uh, let's say, uh, Twitch, yep, uh, committed suicide. You no, know, yep. people can be like sharing, 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 sharing. But who would those that understand this topic would actually? It hits this. differently. Yeah. yeah, it hits differently. But yeah. for most people, oh, it's just another guy that committed suicide, you know? Yeah. It does not matter to most people. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Uh, 
So it's like uh like for example Black Panther. Yep. The 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 Chadwick Boseman? Yeah, the recent one, yep. the, the recent movie. Yeah. Did you like it? There, there are a lot of people <laughs> there, there are a lot of mixed uh reviews about it. I okay. said like for somebody that understands what it's like to lose somebody, mm. this movie hits that aspect. But when it comes to looking at it from like a movie point of view, of course there are a lot of things to be discussed. But the way that it hits people who understand this thing, I'm like, okay, that one so I will have a little bit biasness because I understand yep. losing people in a way that you don't expect. Yeah. So you, it's always unexpected. That is true. That is true. That is a very true point. Yeah. Yeah. Even though you have let's say you have a terminal illness, it yeah. is still unexpected. Yeah. 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 It's always so <laughs> it, yeah, so I guess it's something like like when I told pe- I said that to somebody and they they uh that person didn't know that I, I lost a friend. Then uh, this person made a joke about another person that did a piece about somebody that he he or she lost. Mm. Like, is it like that person? I just like, yeah, you know, I just yeah. like because you don't understand. Let's not bring you into this and like like, let it's me not s- their job to understand as yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to be like, hey, you know, this feels horrible. La, la, yeah. la, la, you it's know, not like you start the conversation. Hey, my name is Jonas. Hey, I lost my friends to yeah. this. Hey, I've been going yeah. through. Yeah. Nobody does that. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and like like I said just now, this makes me pull this person into my misery. Because if mm. I want to talk about this thing, you know, and people be like, oh, I feel bad, you know? Yeah. And like, I started it. Yep. So I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> I just... They like that. Yep. Yeah. Does it does it mean that you have to be, I think, conscious and intentional with I think what you speak as well to to different people to mm. to to kind of get a sense of, especially mm. let's say if it's a stranger to you if you have never met before. Yeah, you kind of have to get a sense of how, I guess, uh not to not to just dump your whole story on them. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, yeah. 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 Definitely, I think this is that. That's why I think after learning all these things, it becomes harder for me to make small talk. What would you define as small talk? Is it the weather thing? Weather la, what okay. you do for a living la, when okay, you're okay. getting married la, okay. you know, like that's that's one of my questions. When you, get- <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this is like I'm just. It's very. It, is it trivial? No, it's it's not. Like I cannot hold a conversation, but like it, it becomes a like it feels like you're having a conversation just for the sake of having a conversation. You know, okay. Because ah, this is another reason why. Because when when we have conversation, sometimes people start to have different different opinion, and especially. I I tend to have a different opinion from a lot of people. Okay. Because I think, you know, being a, like I choose to, like you see, first thing I say, I'm a dancer. You know, I don't say what I do for a living. I talk about it as something that, like I'm not doing it for achievement. I'm not doing it for recognition, but I do it because this is something that makes me function better as a human being. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, this just this way of viewing life is very different from people. A lot of people say, okay, you should be focusing on about what you are doing to make money so that you can plan for a future that uh to get married, yep. you know, to have kids. So it's like so in a sense, generally my view on things from a fundamental living point of view is very different. Okay. Especially also because of, you know, two friends living when I was in my twenties. It does it does give me a more it could be pessimistic by some, but to me it's realistic in a way that 
you never know yep. when you will go. Yeah. You know? So like but they'll be like, oh, you will live until your 70s, 80s. So when at that point of time you would want to regret not having grandchildren, I'm like <laughs> so optimistic. <laughs> so optimistic that you will live to a point where you will see grandchildren, like, but yeah, I could be pessimistic. So that's why I say yeah. I would sound pessimistic to them. Yeah. So in that sense, when we have small talk and it leads into a conversation, most of the time you'll reach to a point where they will not understand my mm. my point of view. Yeah. And then it becomes uncomfortable because without understanding and, and most people that go this route don't spend a lot of time understanding this stuff about negative emotions. You don't have to, like, you can be right, I can be right. Mm. You know, like the point that we mentioned, like, uh, I may not like your dance, but you're still good. You know, like, I'm like more embracing in that sense of like your reality. Both, both realities could be true. Like, oh, yes. there's like multiple <laughs> yes. points here. But a lot of people cannot do that. Interesting. Their reality is the is the reality. Mm. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's not wrong. I mean, you could have your weird theories about, let's say if you die, the whole world just yeah. collapse. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you have your pet theory. It just, but I, I realize that it gets to a point where uh it, so uh, th- this is the f- this is how I connect with people nowadays. I will see whether you are okay to accept a different reality. Like like what you are, does that mean you are more, yeah. more open minded whether mm. you are open minded or not yeah. or you are just very like stubborn and like your way is the way. If I realize you are like that I will not have much conversations with Interesting. you. Interesting. Because I know we are going to go into a disagreement eventually. There will be an impasse. <laughs> yes. And you are not going to accept the way I, I, I view things. Mm. And you will try to impose mm. your reality mm. on me, which I am capable of retaliating gotcha. in that sense. Yeah. And it will be uncomfortable because it's a clashing of reality, which is unnecessary. Mm. So if it's somebody that, you know, through certain convers- like starting, the small talk is allowing of like differences. Just sensing things. Le. Yeah. <laughs> then I'm like, okay, then I can talk more about how I view things. If not, I'll just, not to be rude, I'll just talk things that it's what, like within what you understand. Yeah. And what you accept. Yep. While being real. Mm. And then I'll end the conversation as soon as I can. It's also not treating it as a point of arrogance, right? People could. Mm. People could. But, like, from my point of view, is I I don't see myself as, unless at every conversation, I feel like there's a need for me to make you understand me. Is there? Then, no, there is no need for me to make you understand. So that's why I... But if I see that need, then every everybody, because some people, then you can make people understand you. Right? You know, then I'm like, but why do I need to make you understand me? Yep. Because that's, that. if you're understanding about like human psychology and stuff, you would have to, in a sense, allow a different perspective into your life. Yeah. You know, you accept a possibility of something that's out of what you believe into your life, which may not be beneficial to the way you live. Mm. So I don't see a need to do that to you. Yep. You know, it's like it's like me telling you like it's like it, it's it's almost like a vegetarian telling a meat lover like you should eat less meat because like it it you are healthier. Yeah. You know? 
And then if you accept that, that means you're accepting that you're living unhealthily in that sense. You yep, see? Yep. Yep. So things rather, are oftentimes in, interconnected. La. So yeah. rather than understanding you and accepting you, I just reject the notion of eating vegetarian makes me healthier. Because accepting that as allowing that into my world is me accepting that I'm I am living unhealthily. Yep. Yeah. You know, so that's the reason why most people kinda don't allow another worldview in. And it also kind of means that there has to be some element of change law. Yeah. And I guess changing one's, I guess, routines, what they want to do. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially, let's say, the, the, the vegetarian and the meat level one. Yeah. Assuming it's as, uh, as clear-cut and as binary as that, then if it's unhealthy, then I guess people want to be healthy, then you yeah. kind of have to change your lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. It's like, sorry, mom, but yeah, this, this conversation just happened recently also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like we we're having a conversation about like weddings and stuff, and then we we're talking about the dinner between my family and my my girlfriend's family, and she's like, "Okay, now we find a place that can do vegetarian meals." And I'm just like, "Mom, our family is okay to eat vegetarian because you are vegetarian, but don't make the other family eat vegetarian, ah." Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and because she's a very like strict Buddhist, yeah, she believes in like a lot of things of the Buddhist Buddhist teachings. She just kind of like got upset. I'm doing it so that your you know on your wedding the dinner you got more karma blessing. Then I'm just like, <laughs> I'm doing this for your karma blessing. <laughs> you see my point, you know. To her, it's like it's for your good. So there's no need for me to be like, ah, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm just like, then my then my brother comes up, you know the so context with the story. Uh, my brother talk stuff. My mother easier to just like keep quiet. Yeah la, our family vegetarian can really la, their family eat me la. <laughs> then she like keep quiet. Settle. Conversation ended. <laughs> Ended. You don't have to present your thesis as to why why yeah, because the she were like she were like because I've always been more accepting of her her views and opinions. Yeah. I'm just uh, I I yeah I I'm more quiet. I go tem- <laughs> I go temper with her here and there. So to her it's like you know like yeah. let me like impose this on you, man. Yep. Like like for example, I also told her same part of the conversation like I said like I want to like move out of Singapore yeah. to live and she's like why do I stay in Singapore like, Singapore has its goods has its good parts has it, you know but I prefer not to stay in Singapore mm. you know like there, there are places that I prefer to live then you know like rather than seeking to understand her reply straight was in Chinese literature 身在不足 uh, which literally means you are not like you are not you know uh, I don't know <laughs> you don't understand that I don't understand that means you are in uh, you are you are living you you're are, moving your shoulders a lot I have no idea what that is no because I'm trying to translate it <laughs> so you translate with your body <laughs> I'm a dancer okay I, oh, I sure. express myself <laughs> like th- th- that means I'm having difficulty I'm drawing strength from my emotions to try to explain this to you what does it mean though it means you are not recognizing the the fortune that you have interesting okay so to her it's like I'm like I'm 
I'm disregarding the good parts about Singapore. Or what they have done for you. Like, 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 <laughs> I, like I have lived in Singapore. Yeah. Like, I, I grew up in Singapore, so I don't recognize the good parts of Singapore. Yeah. You know, like, to her, it's just like, that's why you want to, like, in a, you know, the, the when you say that, it's as if I'm an ignorant person. Yeah. You know? That's just, the implication. It's right? just like, yeah, you are living in a good place and then you don't know. Yeah, like, I know. If I were to have kids and, you know, considering about settling down and stuff like that, obviously choosing Philippines or Malaysia over Singapore will have different, like... With its own implications, sir. Yeah, yeah, because Singapore is safer, you know, the education, as much as I have a conversation, I can have a conversation about that, but, you know, it's probably more structured than overseas, you yeah. know? So, but I said, I'm not. As of now, I don't think I'm going to have kids. Mm. So I want to settle down in a place where I like living there more with the people and stuff like that, you know? Like, then she's like, you know, to her, it's like, I'm I'm just not recognizing the fortune I'm in. Same mm. thing, then my second brother, same brother comes out. Kiao <laughs> go, House cheap, food cheap, food good, everything there. Singapore also have, but they're cheaper. Good, 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 good. Kel, nice place. <laughs> Want to come back to Singapore, take bus, few hours reach, one flight, one hour reach. Good, good, good. Who Kel stay good? <laughs> then my mother keep quiet. I'm just like... <sighs> See, example of so many things that we talked about just now also. Yeah. yeah. But that's the funny thing about conversation or even like speech in general, like, like speaking to people. It's oftentimes, uh, it could be premeditated, like you're, you're selecting what to speak, but ultimately you're, you're saying, let's say one sentence and it could be interpreted a lot of ways. It could be taken a lot of ways as well. And you have no idea what the person was thinking when they're making the sentence. Yeah. So that's a very interesting thing because like, well, like let, let's say when, when, when your mom said that, it could be interpreted so many ways, yep. depending on how you're feeling that day, yep. who you are at this point, yep. where you are at this point. How she views me. Exactly. There's so many things and you don't have the backstory and you don't have the context for it. Yeah. And it can be so easily misinterpreted. Yeah. And it could be, that's why we talk about like the breakaway point for another thing 10 years down the road. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, so it's, I oftentimes find it fascinating how people communicate. Like. Yeah. It's like you have no context. Yeah. You have no backstory. Yes, it's your mum, sure. But the parental relationship between let's say a child and the parent oftentimes is a bit skewed as well. Yes. It's the power dynamics they yes. provide for you. They expect, quote unquote, uh, a certain level of, I guess, agreeableness. Yes. Yeah. Because I mean, yeah, like, you you are born from them, but I don't know. I think being a parent and being a child, like that relationship between that and let's say friends yep. or even partners, I yep. think it's so different. Yep. Yeah, it's always a very weird um parent and child dynamics even let's say within all your brothers yep. I'm sure your, your brothers within you and your brothers have a certain dynamic as well yeah. your mom and your dad certain dynamic as well it, yeah. the context of the family internally one dynamic outer family again yeah yeah. so it's, it's oftentimes a wonder how people communicate la. yeah yes, it can be interpreted so many ways so why one that, that one particular way and you hang on to it yeah so oftentimes it's quite fascinating and tiring <laughs> and tiring yeah <laughs> That's why I guess like I turned from an extroverted person to a int- more introverted person because I kind of like uh, conversation with you is going to be tiring. Conversation mm. with you is going to be tiring. Yep. Conversation with most people are going to be tiring. <laughs> I'm just like, ah. But stick, I'm going to seem like antisocial now, you know, but I'm like, but I'm not antisocial. I like to go to hip hop parties. Yep. You know, like I am sociable with different kind of communication. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah just general conversation not 
Yeah. So I'm curious to know, at this point, what motivates you to continue what you're doing? Mm, to continue what I'm doing, I would say uh, for people that I value, which are not many, whenever I can inter- like can interact with them, I can be the best self I am. That's that's what I guess mm. motivates, like mo- pushes me ahead, la. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any idea what the best self looks like? It's not a it's not a fixed point. Okay. It's not a fixed point. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a fixed point. So. It's it's a constant. I accept that it can only get better and better. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's why it's kind of like a. In overall, there's a lot of different factors. It's like, I don't want to be a guy that has money, but am miserable. Mm. Have money and don't have time, for example. Oh, that's a terrible combination. Right. Yeah. So like, <laughs> when people around me need me, I'm like, I got money for you, but I don't have time for you. Oh, do it in the worst way. Like, I thought you have a million, but you have a, m- a month to live or something like that. That's oh, yeah, terrible that, that, as well. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. another point. Yep. So it's, it's, I guess that's that's the thing that you you can't just have one component now, mm. which probably when a lot of people are younger or still till today value money as number one. Yeah. So that's why I cannot have conversations with a lot of people. I'm like, it's not like I don't value money. But if I were to have this conversation, it seems like you don't value life. Mm. I know? think valuing life is so... It's such a strange Correct. conversation Correct. to even start having. Correct. What Correct. does that mean though? Correct. Yeah, because it leads to a lot more things. Because I think money is being thought of as... I, the fuel to make your life continue. Yeah, because I don't know if people think they actually want money or they want the things that money could bring. Yeah. Because I think those are two... You want money? Yeah. Okay, you have two million dollars. Yeah. Unless you're using it to buy something, yeah. to purchase things, it's technically useless yeah. because it is ultimately used to get things. Yep. So I know people are, are, are thinking in that terms, oh, I want a house, I want a car, which is tangible materialistic aspects as opposed to I want to have a better relationship with myself. That is so... Yeah. What, a, what a very strange yeah. <laughs> dichotomy of yeah. things. Like yeah. one thing you can sit in, you can drive, you can drive people. It's it's a great experience. But another one, it's comfortable as fuck because you have to uncover things that were done to you intentionally, unintentionally. You have to deal with yourself. Yeah. And you can't show people, oh, I've actually done this well more. I've get this amount of uh, achievements in my life. Yeah. yeah. But, but I guess it's also because you don't hear people, I mean, actually they do, but it's not branded that way that people that don't have a sound relationship with themselves, uh, that you can have, it's like having money, but not a sound relationship yourself this story is not as bad as you have a sound relationship with yourself, yeah, but you have no money. money. Mm. You see? Because they will be like, I can have money, I have not. Because the not sound relationship part with yourself can be a very big range. Yep. You can be an abusive like still husband. Functional. I think you mentioned about yeah. still functional. Yeah. You can be an abusive father. Yeah. You can abuse your children. Yeah. But most things, if it does not go out on the news, yeah. you don't know. It's like the legality of things, though. Yeah, on on paper, 
they're having a good life. Mm-hmm. You know? But, okay, sound relationship, who knows? Yeah. Who knows you have a sound relationship? The, the, re, the only thing I can say is, yeah, yeah. maybe you're, you're glowing. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> oh, go high tilao, cannot, I cannot afford. Your life sucks. Mm. Ah, this guy, every month change car, stay bungalow, maybe abuse his parents and kids and, and wife, but don't know. But nobody. it brings to mind the idea of the monk and like a very successful businessman. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it, it kind of fits the, the, the comparison you're making. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I, with this, this specific point, I think I also read a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Okay. What is it about? Uh, it's about uh, uh, a mm-hmm. lawyer, a very mm-hmm. successful lawyer, who I think that's that uh, he has a understudy and he reached to a point in his life where he kind of like collapsed mentally, you know? And then he just like left the whole like league being a lawyer and then he just went to search for answers in yep. a sense. Yep. Then like years later, his understudy is at his position years ago mm. in terms of success. Yep. And then... He, this guy appears back as a monk. Mm. Right? And then, so, rather than just telling him to be like him, he started to teach him about different things that are more important rather than just money. Mm. He's not telling him to like, okay, you know, be like me. Throw away your job. You know, go and live like a monk like me. But like, how to balance out your life. Yeah. So that there are things in your life that you should be valuing as well yep. on top of just money because you you don't realize that if you are not taking care of all these things, you are going to become like me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's potentially that you will have a, you know, emotional collapse one day and you you might just, and this snap might be worse. We don't know the severity of yep. the snaps because yep. some people snap, they just go nuts. They yep. just end their life out of nowhere, you know? Yeah. Yep. So some people just snap and then they recover. So he just knows that if you continue on this path, it's not good. So you should do certain practices to maintain yourself, which I think it's a good book. That, that's why, like you mentioned, the monk and money and stuff like that. So it's not about just telling people to don't value money. You know, whatever I said just now, it's not saying that I don't value money. I just value a balance of things, which it's harder to achieve all at once. Mm. But I think this is the way I want to live. Yeah. Rather than just, you know, I make a lot of people say I make money, then I can do all these things. You know, that's that's uh that's a story that a lot of people sell you, you know. Go and make your money, get your financial freedom, whatever, then you do the things that you like. I'm like, yeah, but if you are 50, like like what yep. if I want to compete? Yeah. Like what if like now I realize that what I like to do is competing? I'm 50. Yep. You want me to compete with a 20 year old? I'm 31, compete 20 is still okay. <laughs> Yeah, they are, I'm not saying there are no 50-year-olds competing with 20-year-olds, you know, but yeah, you get what I mean. So, I think so, unfortunately, things of the, f- I think things dealing with the future and yeah. about, I guess, internal work, it 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 allows a lot of predatory behaviors because it's very difficult to, to, to conceive of such things. Yeah. And if we are, we are, we are running with the assumption that uh, people are not aware, it leaves them open because you are dangling the idea of quote-unquote success. You're, you're, you're dangling the idea of um, finance. You're dangling the idea of uh, enlightenment. These are all very sexy things to dangle in front of people because, yep. and you put like a progression linearly, or you do these, these things, within six months you will achieve these things. Yep. I think these are more common than we think. And so unfortunately, it's, it's, it's like, um, 
people tend to think of them as something you you attain once and you don't really have to work at it. But yep. unfortunately, it's not like that. Yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. So I'm curious to know, at this point in your life, how would you define success? Hmm. How do I define success? What does it mean or look like to you at this point? And has it changed along the way? I think it's kind of like being able to like like what I said just now you asked me about what motivates me, what pushes me. I think going towards that that point would be success to me when it comes to I have a degree of choice to be of a certain to give out a certain energy with people that I want to you know in different in many different aspects it could be financially emotionally you know like it could be dance or whatever you know just being able to it's like an exchange yeah like like and i at the same time i'm able to enjoy what i'm doing because i think that's very important a lot of people throw away the aspect or they forget yeah like enjoying is for kids Mm. adults don't enjoy is that is that something you've heard (laughs) yeah okay like you know oh you do this because you enjoy yeah Seems like you haven't grew up then. I'm like, uh, oh, yikes, man. Right? Okay. I'm like, what? Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Because you don't have kids yet. And I'm like, so did somebody force you to have kids? <laughs> or did you not have birth control <laughs> measures? Yikes. Yep. Did you get pregnancy locked by your the mother of your child? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm just like, why you make it sound like Yes, I get it. When you have kids, then life more is going to be yeah. tougher. Yeah. It's not the end or be all, basically. Yeah. Then, of course, that makes a point that you will need to, you know, make sure this kid grows up well, you know. Mm. But for that to say, like, then you don't enjoy life anymore, then you are going to be a miserable person, right? You know, like, and there's a reason why I am doing what I do from a I enjoy point of view mm. and at the same time I have something that I'm doing from a monetary point of view which yep. also kind of fits into like my personality of like being like a systematic repetitive like a little bit of a nerdy kind of person from yeah. trading and it allows me to not need to deal with people mm. but just myself yep. so that's a, it's, it's very inner work related I can listen to music and I'm at home. <laughs> when I'm done, I can do my exercise that keeps my body fit that is necessary for my injury. Yeah. I can dance that makes me happy. So it's like this whole thing is put in such a way where it's not like I'm trying to only live without caring about money. Mm-hmm. But it's in a such a way that if I'm able to progress all this at the same time it might take longer than other people but when it gets to the point where I decide to have kids if I'm still physically able to have kids I will be able to be the a better version of myself as a father as compared to throwing all this way so this is an example of what I mean of success yeah. 
like being able to maintain all this so that for people that I want to, I can be a, a person that I'm not in a sense ashamed of. Yeah. Like I, I feel like I can do better, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that does not mean that it's a perfect state, like I said. So the balance has to be very careful, you know? Yeah. Because I say, if if it, I don't feel like I can, I don't want to be in a state where I feel like I can be better. It's not saying that I don't think I can be better. You know? You understand what I mean? It's, I, I don't blame myself, but at the same time, I can be better. Yeah. But, you know, if I just like, let's say I throw all this away and just go a path that, you know, people call the conventional path. I think I'll be a very miserable person. You think so? And if I were to have kids, I'll be a miserable father. Mm. So it bleeds down, basically. It trickles down. I'll be a miserable husband. Yeah. You know? I'll be a miserable friend. Yeah. Let's say if my friends still choose to stick with me, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. i rather choose a balance of all this that and I, am I able to, I'm able to live with all these things progressing as much as I can at the same time. Yeah. That's success to me. It sounds to me like there's a level of acceptance and I guess also a level of courage as to choosing something so unconventional. Mm. So what I'm curious to know is, have you always felt like that? Because I don't know if it attributes to the rebellious thing. You see something conventional, you don't want to do anything like it because from the dance thing to how you've structured your life to choosing to do training, everything's very, I wouldn't just say internal, but everything is, I guess, focused on yourself instead of let's say working with a team or working with, or, or reliance on a team or like have a boss, you're just directing everything yourself. And it's it's quite unconventional. And with things uh, straying away from the convention, it takes courage to do or courage to continue doing. Yeah. Mm. So have you always, is, is it, have you, have you ever thought about it? Or is it just, uh, yeah. I did actually, like, uh, because there's a lot of reflecting, like to, to, to be honest with yourself, you need to know yourself. Okay. I'm not saying I know myself 100%. I'm constantly learning about myself. But because of that, I get to, you know, view back on why am I like that. So this, for your question, it's, I think it's a combination of almost all the things we use, we, we talked about in this podcast. The the rebellious one is one. Um, Me being a little bit of a systematic perfectionist, Virgo, you know. Ushu. <laughs> uh, the Ushu come in. Ushu resulted in being a little bit better at the, like picking up dance. So okay, it kind of affects too, right? Uh, and my friend passing away. So, and because the the story before my friend passed away and after I got injured is when I went into doing uh I was into sales mm. and the sales that most people are frowning upon. Mm. We were doing network marketing. Gotcha. So, you know, like people are MLM, MLM scammer, you know, like, so I was already in a situation where I was doing something that most people kind of like shun away from. Like you think insurance agents get shunned away the most? No, we are one level like higher <laughs> You're than that. better than that, yeah. Yeah, we are like, you know, like if, you know, you don't like lizards and then some people like cockroaches are worse. Yeah, you know, we are that in that sense. But gotcha. it does not mean that we were doing anything illegal, mm. but it's just the, you know, the framework perception, of uh, yeah. perception of what we do. Uh, So I was in that scenario of like dealing with people on a day-to-day basis. There were, we were doing sales pitches nonstop, you know, yeah. having meetings and and it brings to the point of like, you have to learn sales techniques mm-hmm. where you are saying things to, in a sense, 
influence the person to take action. That's effectively what sales is, you know, from even from a business point of view, marketing out of it, you are influencing somebody to take an action. Yeah. But now I'm literally trying to convince you with my words in your face to make you make a transaction right now. So with that training and then, you know, like you have to do meetings where you have to teach people that it becomes like it was a period where I learned all these things and uh, and after that, my friend passed away. So it made me really like look at my life and I'm like, okay, so how do you want to live your life? Because this is basically my 20s, mm. you know, like started off with dancing, dance events, yada, yada. Uh, then going into sales yeah. for many years. Then friend dying, yeah. then uh, dealing with that, COVID, you know, so that's yeah. my 20s. Yeah. And then I'm like, so what did I learn from my 20s was that I remember at the peak of my income doing sales, mm -hmm. it was a very, this was a very interesting realization that I think started to change something at the peak of my income. I didn't like how it felt. Like I didn't like myself mm -hmm. making money this way because it's like, it was like, so because at the peak of income, you're like, so as long as you repeat this, you're going to make this kind of money. Yep. And then I'm just like, do I want to do this? What was the type of conversations you were having with yourself? Yeah. So, so it was a very interesting because I was just like, something feels off. So like, like maybe just when you said, am I always very, do I always have a sensing? Probably before that, but it was not so, it, I, I guess there was already this kind of things that was going on, but I didn't understand. But now that I look back, it was probably something that told me like, this is not, it's not you, I guess. Mm. And I was like, I think so too. You know, like it, and it's funny because some people be like, yeah, you left probably because you never make money. I'm like, at the peak of my income is when I decided that I probably need to stop doing this. Mm. And we're like, oh, maybe you never make enough. I'm like, let's, let's not go into it. Eh? And it does take a sense of, I guess, courage la, and even acceptance. Yeah, yeah. Like to realize, okay, maybe this is not for me. La. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's sobering even. Yeah. Yeah. You could be earning however much your, your dream income and you it's a very sober realization that the thing that I've been pursuing all this time hey, maybe it's not for me yeah yeah it's damn sobering <laughs> especially because in, in this kind of sales environment most sales environments do things like you no know, vision board yeah dream list you know yeah. like things for you to target goal list you know and it's all very future and monetary oriented so there was a point of time in my life where I was like living like that. You know, like, okay, I'm doing this because I'm working for this so that next time I can do this yep. so that I can provide for my family like this yep. so I can buy my family a holiday trip like this, you know? Yep. So there were a lot of future motivations, but uh, especially, I think I think the, the whole thing that topped it off is when my friend committed suicide because mm. that kind of like, what is, like... Yeah, what is the point of planning all this if something like that can happen in the middle? Mm. and something like that can happen when you are like on the way there yeah and then somebody just go through something that they cannot take it yeah somebody goes through an accident like my friend in when i was 21 accident gone then you're like then you work so hard for what mm. then the question to me yeah 
for what? That's not the vision board at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like, you know, like, you can't prepare for that. You, yeah. like, you know, you want to build them an Iron Man suit. Yeah. <laughs> so even the process of building that, yeah, yeah. it will blow up in your face probably. Yeah, so like, then make me realize that I want to be more present. Mm. And I was like, okay, how do I be present with the people that I care about? At the same time, not being a shut-in. <laughs> yeah. While not being a... A guy that's not progressing at all in life, yep. in, in every aspect. And not even living in poverty, yeah. Yeah, so like, so that's the balance that I think I had to relearn about living life at at the end of my 20s. Yep. So that kind of like changed how I decided to view life, what pushes me and what success is to yeah, Even like a restructuring, yeah, like, like building it from the ground up again. So like. completely I view life, like it, it, it felt like to me my 20s was for me to have a gauge of how I should live the rest of my life. Mm. Yeah. Which, you know, some people like at 30, they probably like have a house, you know, married with a couple of kids. Yeah. I have friends with kids. Yeah. You know, but I'm like, okay, good for you. Yeah. You know, like no malice like, ultimately. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah really good, good, for, good for them. Yeah. Yeah. So it only gets irritating when the conversation comes to me like, why your life haven't mm. progressed this way? Then I'm just like, <sighs> it's, it's not of, Perhaps you sense that it's not of acceptance and more of like a comparison or even looking down. It's a very, what's the, I think the word is very- Condescending. Yeah, or condescending, uh, treating you with contempt, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, sometimes, then that gets the, the confrontational, that's why I have to suppress the confrontational part of me. I'm just like, you know, if what I do for a living works out, I can make, the amounts I can make will make you not want to talk to me because you will feel shitty about yourself. You know, that kind of stuff. But I'm like, what is the point? Yeah. <laughs> what is the point? Mm. Like, I used to be in a confrontational, like, like, like situation. Because sales, you are basically, to a certain extent, confronting somebody every day. Like, yeah. Because you are facing sales, you are going to face re- resistance and then you are just confronting the resistance until the, re- the until the resistance, it's like, dwindles down. Like, until, yeah. like, the person makes the decision, yep. you know, like, so I have the ability to do that if I want to. Yeah. But what is the point? Like, do I do that to you and then make you sh- feel shitty about your life? No. Mm. So then just, yeah. Lo. I'm curious to know, did you enjoy that part of your life doing, let's say, uh, sales, doing mm-hmm. marketing? Because what's interesting to know, yes, it, the perhaps the whole industry has a very bad rep, reputation mm-hmm. and very mm-hmm. bad perception but the skills and the the teachings and the people you meet not to say the people you meet the, the skills that you are usually amoral it's just skills ultimately at the end of the day yep. and it could be beneficial for other parts of your life so I'm curious to know if you look back at that is it did, did you actually like doing it like like meeting people talking to them uh, yeah or did I, you realize that it's not for you uh I would think that there is definitely an element of uh, enjoyment okay. back then because um, when 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 I left dancing, yeah. you know, it felt like everything needs to start from scratch again and uh, this is a new space and it's kind of like my first working adult like workspace colleagues kind of situation. Yeah. And I guess starting off with with a little bit more 
like I I'm I'm I used to be quite social already. So I think entering that space was not hard for me. Mm. And uh, you know, I think because of the way I grew up, I was always feeling lonely. Sure. Uh, so when I went to the environment and they were kind of like very welcoming and stuff like that, it made me feel happy coming back. Gotcha. You know? And then I did make some good friends over there. So it's like, it's like, I did not feel alone. Mm. That's something that I enjoyed. So I think the enjoying of the environment and of course the skills were good skills that till today I, I'm glad that I had those skills. So it's just the nature of the work was something that I decided that, nah, mm. not for me. So that's the reason why I left. This is, yeah, I don't like this. I don't like putting myself in this kind of scenarios repeatedly. Yeah. Gotcha. I think my last question for you is, mm. are you optimistic or pessimistic about the future? Whose future? Your future. My future? Or are you realistic about it? Hmm. I don't really have a view on it. Okay. Because there's no point of reference for me. What do you mean by that? There's no, there's kind of like no one for me to be like, yeah, this is going to work out. Mm. You know? Yeah, like, of course, there are, I have mentors from a trading senior's point of view that, that have made it. So, okay, from a trading point of view, am I optimistic? But then again, that's them, you know? Do I feel like I can do well in it? I feel like I can. Uh, but, you know, the way when... when So, if it's just on that, from what I do for a living, am I optimistic? Yes. Mm. Dancing-wise... uh. If I'm allowed to continue living like this, optimistic about it in terms of maybe I can possibly achieve something as a dancer again, optimistic. <laughs> but what am I saying about why I don't have a cage on it is because mm-hmm. I accept that there are a lot of things that I cannot control mm-hmm. that is going to rattle the... That, that can possibly rattle situations that I might need to change of plans. So you know, things like, well, like, change, basically. Yeah, like what if a new injury pops up? You know, that's, I cannot control that as much as I can. Mm. I only can do as much exercise and yeah. try not to push myself, you yeah. know, recover my body and still try to dance. That's, that's all I can control. But yeah. there are so many things outside of my control that I cannot control that, uh, that's why if it's within the things that I can control and if as long as it stays the same level of control, I'm optimistic. Mm. Yeah, but... So generally optimistic, but... Accepting of things changing because things always change. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I it's, it, it's kind of like... It, this is like what I said, probably because of the friend passing away thing. Like, I don't just like... Like a lot of people need order... Mm. But I realize I function very comfortably with chaos now. Yeah, organized chaos. Yeah, like, you know, like order and chaos. A lot of people cannot function with chaos. They need an absolute answer. But I accept chaos so much now Yeah, that 
I like, I'm I'm not just in chaos, but I I have a combination of both. So okay, if things are within my control, I will do my best. If I'm able to do that, I'm optimistic. Yeah. But if things come in, I cannot control. Things might change. So, because expectations, like just now you said, one thing positive experience is a negative experience. So I don't just like okay, my life is gonna be good. But I only do the best I can, and I enjoy the ride, lah. So yeah. that's that's what I'll say to your question. That's a beautiful way to end things. I think it reminds me of this quote. I don't really know who's the original uh author of it, but it goes something like, "Everybody has two lives. The second one begins when you realize you have uh only one." Eh? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. And I think it's very profound. Yeah, because. Yeah, because you, oftentimes you 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 listen to people when they speak about their past, or when you speak, or you listen to let's say someone successful, someone who's running like a company, or someone who's been through shit, and 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 you you just hear the the lengths. You you definitely don't experience it, but you hear you can get a sense of what they have went through, and it's oftentimes the worst circumstances. And I think that that that, that saying is just it's very central of my life when you speak about you uh, experiencing what your friend went through, basically, yeah, and everything that went and, and and everything that came after. Before we end, is there anything else you would like to talk about? Nah, this is a big portion of into my mind that you have opened up already. I can't find anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was just like, I don't know if I can talk about anything else. Let me think. Yeah, no. Yeah, these are the main few things I can talk about already. Yeah, you kind of like covered every aspect that I was like, okay, what can I talk about? So the the past 10 years. La. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because after this is probably like, you know, maybe like outside topics, you know, how do I feel about economy or oh, whatever. Why, why you like soccer? Yeah, like, like who do you support in World Cup? You know, it's not, you know, this, like, but like, you know, about my life, how I view life, you know, I even tell you my mother used to tell me stuff like that, you know, like how I view money, what I do in my past 10 like years. Like you go type on store where you order. Ah, you know? So it's, it's, I think it's pretty much covered a lot of things that, that, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Gotcha. Okay, so where can people find you if, let's say, they wanna they wanna connect with you? Do they do Instagram? You Instagram. Do yeah. you post like videos of you dancing there? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, videos of me dancing. Uh, whatever kind of like uh, relatable things about mental health or yep. like psychology, I also like to share. Yeah. I will share sometimes irritating videos. That's the cheeky part of me. Fantastic. And what is that? Where can uh, people find you? Uh. My IG handle is Kutao Wang, which literally translates to Bone King. Okay. Because uh, there's a story about my past. When I used to play Dota, the only character I know how to play is Skeleton King. It's the brainless one. Huh? Yeah, because <laughs> my fingers were not so fast to cast spells. I just, okay, stun and ulti. Ulti don't even you press. You die, your ulti activates soon. So I just need to right-click you. Yep. Right. So then my friend just started call, because I'm a skinny person myself, so they just call me Kutawang, you know. Then I was like, mm, that's quite cool. Like and How do you spell that? G-U-T-A-O-W-A-N-G. And what about the the parties that you mentioned? Like, do you have like an account for that? Or is it just like you show up? Is there like a particular spot that you frequent? Uh I have another account that kinda like posts my like party videos, but I, you know, past one, two months don't have a lot of it has been busy. Yeah. So, so if people want to party with you, go to a hip hop thing. They actually, can just no, you just hit me up on my standard 
uh, my Instagram. Kutawang. Kutawang. Yes, at Kutawang. <laughs> yeah. So that's then we can connect there. Okay. Fantastic. Yes. Uh, this has been a beautiful conversation. Thank you for your time, Jonas. Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.